Welcome to episode 50 of the Movie City Maniacs. On tonight's episode, we cover our top 50 horror anthology segments. Welcome, everyone, to episode 50 of the Movie City Maniacs. 50? Can you believe we've made it here? Holy moly. I remember when we were just like youngsters uh, with our first <laughs> podcast. How many? I forget how many episodes that last podcast. I think, yeah, we passed the 50 because I think... Yeah. I, I don't remember what we what We, we didn't get to, to 100. No, we? no. But we were like no. 50 because we did 25 for the Unsolved Mysteries. Yeah. I think 50 was our top 50 of all time. Yeah, so we did. So this is just us hitting the milestone a second time because that's how yeah. we roll. We're sloppy seconds. But uh, yeah, no, this is a big episode for us. We probably would have been here a while ago if, for one, we didn't get hacked and we got left behind. And then on top of that, we just socked off for six months because- yeah. We this, have a bunch of movies to watch. This episode was, again, like all these episodes, they start out like, oh, let's just do this, and we can probably get it done in like two weeks or something. That's how it, it, it always starts. Six months later. Six months later. And almost like <laughs> a, a beautiful mind obsession on your end. Yeah. You're just like, you're, you get crazy. You I, 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 I can't just like, put together a list by memory it's like well maybe my opinions changed on that movie over a year or two or whatever and yeah i i did re-watch or watched a hundred films for this episode did you watch um any ones you went back to like your favorites like i haven't watched creep show yet i know i yeah i, yeah. I watched everything did you because I, I, I know i love creep show so i was like well you know what i'm gonna try to watch something i haven't seen before to kind of get into this but i'm glad i did because there's a couple mm. anthologies I'm, I'm not really mm. spoiling anything because some anthologies i love but when it came to choosing a segment from yeah. it you know like I, I think there's some anthologies like trick-or-treat southbound yeah. um signal uh even christmas horror story mm-hmm. the way they're edited together they almost work as a whole yeah so sometimes, like even though Trick or Treat is one of my favorite anthologies, it doesn't mean all the stories are going to be in my top ten because I, I feel like that one works better as a whole. Whereas you just take out some of the stories separately, they don't hold up as well. Mm-hmm. And again, not saying that some of them will definitely be on here, <laughs> but I, I just feel like there are certain anthologies like that. But um, yeah, no, this has been a big time coming. So yeah, I watched over. I, I hit the one hundred mark, and at that, that, that point, I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> I am anthology out. I'm done. I'm divorced. <laughs> I'm jobless. I, uh... It has been, yeah, it has been a lot of like, I haven't seen Becky for a long time. <laughs> trying to watch Stranger Things and it's like no that's got to go on hold but and I wanted to mention too so I watched 
not including the ABCs of Death, uh, Volume 1 and 2, which I guess there would be for each of those is 26 segments, but not including those, I'd watched a total of 396 That's segments. insane. <laughs> so I just want people to know where we're coming from with, with this list and why it took so long. And yes, a lot of those suck. A lot of those were easily um, bottom, throwaway. Bottom rung. But I, I, I don't know about you, but I had a good hundred or so segments. Like I felt confident yeah, could have that I wanted to talk about could have made my top fifty. So that was like we always go through this when you're putting together your best of the year list. But that's like there's like two or three films I feel bad about not including. This was fifty plus segments yeah. that I felt bad not including. And I've been working on it like the last three days straight. And even right to you came, I let you do all the hard work setting up because I was still kinking away at this. And like, motherfucker wouldn't even make me a coffee. <laughs> You're like so obsessed. He's like, he actually texted his wife to make me a coffee. <laughs> no, actually I went up and made the coffee and I'm so fucking flustered that I put the water at the top. And she's like, yeah, I don't think that's working. And I looked and it's because I put the... <laughs> The water in with the Where coffee. The coffee should be. Um, yeah, I'm a mess today. We'll see how this podcast goes. Uh, again, I stayed up late, got up early. Um, this has kind of been consuming my life. So as much fun as it is, and I'm really excited to talk about it, I'm kind of glad it's over too, so I can get back to like normal living. You can actually watch like proper movies instead of like movies in like a. I get back bored? to like showering, going to work, <laughs> yeah, actually brushing, seeing your my kids. Nice, <laughs> Becky. Um, so yeah. But uh, yeah, we're not, we're not, we're just going to jump right into it. Um, yeah, we're going to skip the foreplay and go right to the. Top I do want to say we have a bunch of stuff to talk about, but what we're going to do is we recorded eight episodes before we've talked about this many times. These were recorded like a year ago, yeah. and for whatever reason they kept them getting pushed back because we wanted October obviously to be in October and Christmas and all this stuff. So what we're going to do is um, some of the what we've been watching are going to be outdated in that. But to me. Yeah, it's an opinion on a movie. It doesn't really matter too much, you know. what I mean, and a lot of time we talk about old stuff. We we try not to chat about what's going on in the now. So I think they'll, they'll still hold up. But what we will do is record maybe you know for each one add like a movie or two that we have mm-hmm. watched and add it to that segment. So those kind of still feel fresh as well. Uh, so we're gonna throw all that there. We're not gonna talk about any of the exciting stuff that's happened in the past six months, and we'll <laughs> save it for those episodes. It's pretty, pretty so then those episodes will be a year behind. Uh, <laughs> Of events, we'll talk about what you know how our New Year's was on, on those episodes. <laughs> that's actually, that's how far we're back we're going, right? Like, well, no, we we did year, do uh, we did do um, films we're excited about. So, <laughs> okay. I think yeah, I think that was the last one. I believe we did. I, I could be wrong. And and our, I guess our best of we did, which would have been in February, best okay. of the year. So it's oh, still wow. been yeah. it's still been a while. Anyways, I think we're just going to jump right into it because we got a lot to talk about. Top fifty. Top fifty. I know I'm going to cheat and try to fit in the ones that didn't make my list in uh, some way. Boo. But um, I just feel like there's so much that, like it's not even like these Listen, ones. I get it. You got fifty to talk about. <laughs> you don't need to talk about seventy five. You have fifty, motherfucker. But it's more like the fifty. I feel like are the best. I'll give you one thing. If the uh, end story involves a wraparound, I'll give that to you. When we talk about the top ten wraparounds. Well, what, what I was just going to say though, it's like the top fifty are the. The, the, my favorite 50 I'm not going to change that yeah. but I do feel like there's some that, like they're not good enough to be the 50 but I, I feel like they should almost be mentioned these little anthologies that maybe no one's heard about and you know maybe they, they, don't, they don't compete with Trick or Treat or Creep Show or the Amicus ones but they're still fantastic anthologies that no one's heard about so we'll, we'll see how time goes I may try to cheat okay. a little bit but you know, I, I was thinking why don't we start out with the top 10 wraparounds because that makes sense I like doing the wraparounds at the end why? Well, because like uh, some of like the wrap rounds are going to give away. What? Do, well, well okay. how about this? Okay. What if we do five now <laughs> and five at the end? That so the wrap rounds are the wrap rounds that of the show. Is kind of amazing. 
So why don't we do that? We'll start off with our 10 to 6 then. Are you fine with that? Or is that going to screw up any year? And we will say uh, we're going to try to keep this episode as spoiler free. So we're going to try not Mm -hmm. to give away because a lot of these anthologies, the best part is the ending. Unfortunately, that sometimes hurts because we're going to talk about an episode why we love it. But sometimes the best part is the ending that we can't necessarily mention. So um, I I don't know. I know in my list I didn't spoil anything. But if you need to spoil one or two, maybe we can give a spoiler. But I think we should definitely try to keep it as spoiler free. And then, yeah, so so we'll do it that way. But uh, yeah, so we did uh, top 10 wraparounds and uh, do you want to start with number 10 or do you want me yeah, to start yeah I'll start with number 10 number 10 is a monster club I love the fact that like he's like hey man can you uh, spare like a, a drop of blood he's like sure so he just like fucking bites his neck <laughs> and he's like tell you what thank you for that why don't you come hang out with me in this monster club so they're hanging out but he's going over all the chronological elements of the monster like if like a, a vampire bites a ghoul it's a vam ghoul and it's he's talking about yeah the, the whole monster tree it's yeah. a lot of fun it's uh Vincent Price is playing the vampire I think this may have been the only time he played a vampire yeah. and is it Robert no John Carradine is it John Carradine yeah is yeah. The, the horror writer yeah. he's a horror writer he says like well you know, you're a horror writer since you let me have some of your blood. How about yeah. you come to the Monster Club and maybe that will give you inspiration? So he's hanging out with a bunch of monsters. And during this all, there's like punk rock bands playing in the background. Oh, yeah, doing yeah. These like, like tiny little, uh, these ditties. Yeah, I love all the, the monster bands. The, the uh, monsters rule. Okay. I was trying to find like the name of that song to talk about. It's by a band called The Viewers. And the song is actually, the lyrics are monsters rule. Okay. Yep. <laughs> it's amazing. It's hooky too, right? I would say the only negative aspect to that um, wraparound is you can tell the budget wasn't there. So like a lot of the monsters are like regular people with like white makeup. Like yeah. there's a couple and like it's very no budget effects. But yeah, it, it, you can tell the heart was there and it's so much fun. I do love too, there's a great scene where there's a woman doing a strip scene and it goes to like the silhouette of her and, and she, she like, rips off, off her, like- strips off her skin. So. Yeah, that that one is uh, so much fun. Where he um, he orders like a Bloody Mary, yeah. and it's just I don't know. It's a it's a blast. Uh, that may make my list of oh, wraparounds. Snap. But I think I appreciated it a little more than you. (laughs) My number 10, uh, I I think we'll make yours maybe. I don't know. Tales from the Dark Side, the movie from 1990. This is the one where Deborah Harry plays a witch. She has a child locked away. She's getting ready to cook him. It starts off in the most idyllic way of like, uh, it's like like, almost like a Stepford wife. Like, wow, this is like the perfect neighborhood. People are Mm -hmm. mowing their lawns, the sprinklers are going. And then, like, inside, there's this housewife, like, what do I need for dinner today? Hmm. And it's like, she opens pants, the cupboard. Like yeah. Kid in the, uh, yeah. locked in a dungeon. And what he does, he has a big book in there and he starts like to delay her. He's like reading her stories from the, the, uh, the book. And that's obviously goes into the segment. So it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I really dig that one too, my man. Uh, number nine, Maddie, uh, the willies. I want to talk about this because that's my number nine as well. Oh, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Because it's a bunch of kids sitting around a campfire just telling, like, ghost stories. And there's two in there that take, like, 30 seconds to a minute to Yeah, tell. that's why... I want to include it because of these two stories. That's exactly why I include two. <laughs> We're both kind of cheating here. It's like, they, they're not long enough for really it's stories to fit a like, segment. Um, I'd be angry at you for cheating, but, like, I'm cheating on you, yeah. too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> But yeah, you can't really put them in your top 50 because there's nothing really to them. It's like, it's pretty much these group of kids. One of them is Sean Astin. He's the older one. They're in their backyard in a tent trying to gross each other out and try to scare each other uh, with stories. The one story is a girl who's like eating like Kentucky Fried Chicken. She orders like a big bucket to herself and like turns out that it's uh, not what she ordered. It's a deep fried rat. Yeah, exactly. and then one of them is... Uh, they actually go to the Haunted Mansion in Disney and how it used to be before they... Uh, oh, is that what that was? Fight. Yeah. Oh, cool. But it wasn't actually. It was like a, 
urban legend how it used to be like so scary that yeah. like, someone actually died yeah an old guy yeah that, again that was just fun seeing that set piece yeah. uh, and then there's a great one where a woman uh, tries to dry decides to dry her poodle in the microwave with the uh, yeah. explosive results we'll say but uh, yeah it's just, it's just fun there's a couple wraparounds that could have made this that I, I love yeah. that campfire I mean going even Are You Afraid of the Dark the TV series yeah. is great for that but like there's Grim Prairie Tales with not a good anthology yeah. but it has like um, James Earl Jones and Brad Dourif Oh, and wow. it's just them telling, trying to like tell the scarier story, Sorry. and it takes place in the old west. Nice. So the, the anthology itself isn't good, but that was good. Uh, there's a couple campfire, actually, yeah. campfire tale movies. <laughs> there's a bunch. So I, I agree. I, I, all those could have been made it, but I, I think this is the most fun, yeah. just because it's kids, you know, telling and trying to gross each other out and stuff. Yeah. A nice little button on the end too, which I kind of dig. Um, my number eight, Creep Show Two. I like how it starts off with the um, live action. Tom Savini dresses up as the uh, the ghoul, and then he kind of gives the kid the creep show and turns into animation. And as it's going through, the animation keeps keeps it up, and he's kind of he's bullied as he's uh, reading these kids comics. And uh, but like all wraparounds, sh- he happen. gets his revenge. Yeah. And as the uh, the ghoul's watching, he's like, "Oh well, Billy's in trouble. Let's uh, go check out our next story." Almost like the old Tales yeah. from the Crypt comic, which I thought was kind of fun. It's fun. My problem with that, and the reason I included, is I find the animation is a little cheap. Like again, you could I tell they didn't like have. That. Much budget for that one? I, I kind of dig that, like old style animation, like Lord of the Rings kind of shit. Uh, my number eight, After Midnight from 1989. This is one where a teacher, uh, he's teaching a psychology class on fear, and he goes a little far. He literally pulls out a gun and points it at a student's head. And then he and then he puts the gun to his head and blows it off, and that's how the story opens. Um, of course, this is all a prank. He's just trying to teach them about yeah. fear, but he gets in trouble with the school board because one of the jocks is all like uh, upset and shit. Yeah, well, he pisses his pants. Yeah. The guy puts the gun to his head, and um, so yeah, he can't do the experiments in class. So he invites uh, the kids to his pr- uh, his home for a private lesson in fear, and they can get the extra marks or whatever. And then I don't want to spoil the ending, but the ending gets pretty insane. It gets pretty awesome, right? Uh, including, I'll just say, there is a stop motion skeleton welding an axe. It's that's amazing. A, that's a bit of what you're getting in there. I totally forgot about this. It would have made like my top like five, I think, on this. Yeah, list. It, it's yeah, really cool. Totally the about acting it. is over the top, like, I'm especially okay with the actor. That. But yeah, it whatever yeah. it works. You know. uh, Matty, your number seven. Number seven is Twilight Zone. Oh, nice. I oh. actually really dig that intro with uh, Dan Aykroyd and uh, who's the other guy? Um, he's a comedian. Um, Albert Brooks. Yeah, yeah. Albert Brooks is the, uh, they're going like, all right, let's just talk about like, um, they're doing this thing where they play the game, like singing intros to songs. Like, so what song is that? What song is that? And then like, oh, I'll tell you a scary story. He's like, and then he tells him like, really scary story. And like, Dan Acker's like, you want to see something really scary? And yeah. then like, it oh, it's, it's a great scare. And, the, and it kind of, he comes back into play, which is, I thought was kind of fun as the ambulance driver. Yeah. I love me some 80s, uh, Dan Aykroyd. Right? Uh, my number seven, From Beyond the Grave from 1974. Oh, shit. Every Amicus rapper on it is pretty much amazing. Yeah. Uh, a lot of them are kind of repetitive, but this one's really fun where Peter uh, Cushing plays... Uh, he he run he uh, shopkeeper, right? shopkeeper of an antique store called the Temptations Limited, mm-hmm. and what it is is he kind of sets up the customers steal. to steal or cheat him in some way, yeah. and then we go into the story of like when they get home with mm-hmm. whatever that item is that they stole, and fate awaits them. And if you're a good person, though, like he'll leave the he'll walk away and leave the uh, cash register open, mm-hmm. and if you don't take that money. You might survive your story. Be good. If you do take that money, you're going to die. So I, I love that. And on, on top of it, there's a, throughout 
from the beginning to the uh, throughout the segments, you can tell there's some kind of guy walking back and forth mm-hmm. outside. You know he's going to try robbing the store or something, and then you get a cool little finale with mm-hmm. his fate. But um, I don't know. I love I love that uh, idea. I love yeah. I love the creative ideas the where like things kind of deal. Okay. Yeah, and I love how they the one the wraparounds that can fit the stories of the yeah. segment into them. So yeah, I agree. Uh, number six. Another amicus vault of horrors. Nice. <laughs> well, these guys are taking an elevator and like, well, this is not right. And they go right down to the end and like, well, come sit, sit at this table. It's almost like a board rooting table and they kind of just tell the stories. And I like the atmosphere of it. And again, yeah, it's one of those ones where their fate is already decided. Yeah. Uh, number six for me is Creep Show Part One from oh, 1982. Sweet. I don't know why this one doesn't really have that much um, going for it in the way that not much happens, but I just love it. I mean, the it, it opens up with. Amazing. I mean, right away we got a pumpkin in the window mm-hmm. when we're zooming into the house, and then you have Tom Atkins. It's kind of being a dick. Tom Mustache right? Atkins. Uh, yeah, just being a huge prick. He's slapping his son around for reading comic books, and and uh, and he takes the comic book and throws it out in the garbage or whatever. And then you know you. You have the ghoul on the window, which cuts to an animated segment, and then it goes into the comics. And then the the end, you have a fun moment where you know Tom Savini is one of the garbage men. Yeah, I don't know if the other guy is someone as well, but the two garbage men find oh cool a comic, and they're like oh too bad someone ripped out, and you see that the voodoo ad has fun. been cut out, and uh, that will lead into a nice little. Finale where the kid button on the end of it. Yeah, the kid gets his revenge. But um, I guess so. That that's our our five for now. Our five, and we'll do the other five at the end. I don't know if this will work, but whatever. We're gonna roll that way. Um, So with that, we're gonna jump into our top fifty horror anthology segments. Um, Fuck, this is gonna be tough. Um, I guess I should start. Then you you start the last one. So number fifteen, switched out at last second. Snake Eyes. From Terror Eyes, 1989. Uh, this is a cool little story, low-budget uh, anthology no one's really heard of. I think you can only watch on YouTube. Um, overall, not a great anthology, but this story is really cool, where a woman protests a gaming corporation who creates these horribly violent, misogynistic computer games. And it's fine, because... Like, they actually, like Custer's Revenge and shit like that? Well, they show one of the games, it kind of looks like Leave Street Lair or something, yeah. but it shows in the game, you push the woman down against her will and it's all take it remember this is 80s computer graphics he jumps on her and starts pumping her this is like what was that game a grand theft auto and shit like that right yeah like like before it's time this is 89 but and it cuts and then it shows in the screen like slasher High score kills rapes. Oh, like it's wow. it, you get the score depending on how many kills and rapes you do. I can in the see game. why she'd be against against this. Um, so she's against it, and the uh, the head of the corporation has her kidnapped and brought to his compound, and he forces into her into a game of his own. Uh, and it's kind of like Sawask. And, she, and it's her life is on the line. Like he he shows her, he starts out showing her like a mouse and a maze, and then she, you know drugs her, and she wakes up, and he's like, "You got this much time to get out of there because gas is pumping through the room." And she has oh, to solve, she has to roll a dice, and if she gets something, she can get out right away. If not, then she has to figure out a clue. And then it goes to the next room where a dog is waiting to chase her down and tear her apart. If she doesn't get through that room, and it keeps on going, and eventually ends up in an old west town, western town. Uh, and he's got like a really good gun and there's all these like electrical wiring around it that if you try to leave it will kill you so it's I don't know I always like like these kind of yeah I always like these kind of uh, ones running man ask yeah where you're thrown in a room and have to figure out how to escape with your life on the line so again it is low budget but it's one I wanted to bring up just because I don't I doubt anyone I hadn't heard of it until I started watching all these obscure (laughs) anthologies so that's my number 50 my number 50 is the willies Flyboy. Um, this is why I love anthologies. It is so goofy. It is so uh, 
almost like the guy's a nerd and he gets his comeuppance. You know what I'm saying? For yeah, being yeah. such like, like a jerk. I put here like jerk Gordy Belcher makes fly dioramas. So he's actually like taking flies and actually making these weird models out of it, like a church and what have you. And then he kind of plays like this, everyone's picking on me, but he's such a dick he makes this girl eat like flies in a cookie. Yeah, like you feel bad that yeah. he, maybe he's just like the outcast. And then they think, oh, okay, we'll let you join our group. And he hands her like a cookie sandwich or something or a cookie out yeah, with shit. flies in it. And again, he's been stealing this manure from this old man. He's like, oh, I'm going to fucking get that Belcher boy. And he gives him this special manure. And um, things don't go his way. He um, There's a button on the end of it that's absolutely amazing. We'll say it kind of becomes the nature gun amok of yeah. the, 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 the giant 50s style. Yeah, yeah almost like, yeah. <laughs> it's Yeah, it's, it's funny. It, that was close to making my list just because it's, it's such a weird segment. It really is. And it's so um, almost like cartoonishly goofy, which I dig about these um, yeah. anthologies. Well, I was going to say, looking at my anthology list, like, most of mine are kind of fun, weird, goofy. Yeah. Like there are a couple that are actually like good and scary stories. Yeah. But I mean, even horror fans, I like the monsters. I like the kind of fun ones. But for uh, anthologies, especially, I feel like the, the goofy kind of fun are what yeah. are what I love. The ones that makes it feel like I'm reading an EC comic. That's exactly it. So my number forty nine again. Another. This is from another anthology called Scream Time, nineteen eighty three. I really wish I've heard rumors okay. that Scream Factory may be re-releasing this on um, Blu-ray eventually, but I think actually all three stories are the good. One with the marionette puppet, yeah. The first one has Punch and Judy, yeah. going around killing people. The second story is like a kind of your standard haunted house, but it has a really cool twist that comes out of nowhere. But the third one is the one that I, I'm going to put. On, I made my list for number forty-nine called "Do You Believe in Fairies." And um, it's about this obnoxious teenage dirt bike racer who gets a job doing garden handiwork uh, at this old house for this uh, eccentric old women. And right away, they kind of say, yeah, because they they believe that garden gnomes come to life and do their work around the house. And also fairies do all the gardening. Because, like, you don't have to worry too much about the gardening because the fairies do all the work. You also find out that these fairies years ago for one of their ancestors, she was... um, had infidelity issues so the fairies would kill all the people she slept with and hide their bodies <laughs> out in the backyard they're enablers but anyways the story is this kid and his friends he happens to find out that they have this whole chest of jewels and everything they don't use banks or anything they just keep all their money and treasure there so him and his friends are going to break in the house at night and steal the treasure while they're sleeping and uh, hint hint maybe the fairies and gnomes are real uh, it's like goosebumps ass it's awesome. There, there's no budget. I mean, you're not yeah. seeing cool practical effects. Literally, you just turn your corner and there's a hundred gnomes standing there that, you know, and stuff like that. Um, I don't even know if you see the fairies, but either way, what a cool idea. And yeah. I love these these stories that take ridiculous concepts, but then invent like this mythology that makes you believe, yeah. you know, in these fairies. So, um, yeah, it, it's fantastic. I highly recommend it. And I really hope uh, Scream Time gets I a release. It's going to be really good. All right, so uh, my number 49 is uh, Tales That Witness Madness, the Luau. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, that's a good Another one. Another great one. So apparently this uh, literary agent finds this Hawaiian author, and she's trying to like smooth him into signing with her. So she brings her back to um, uh, L.A., and uh, she's kind of like a little bit uh, sweet on him, but she has like a young daughter who's like around like 15, 16, yeah. that he's kind of sweet on. He's kind of like, he's a bit pervy in yeah. a way, but like he has this one assistant who's trying to get with the mom. But it all goes kind of right. Like, you know what, guys? Don't worry about it. I'm going to cook you a nice style Hawaiian luau for this party and kind of to celebrate me signing with you. It's like, oh, awesome. This is going to be amazing. But like, hey, uh, daughter, like you, um, 
felt the touch of a man yet? And she's like, well, you know, I've had a few friends, but never that serious. So, like, he kind of seduces her in a way. And, you, and uh, the luau isn't exactly what it's... Uh, yeah, you find out that he's not necessarily going after her for romantic reasons. No. The story is yeah. very twisted and dark yeah. for its time. And actually, that Tales of Witness Madness, that one was just shy of making my list. Yeah. Another one did make my list. But I think there's a, both stories, the one I'm going to talk about later on, are both kind of shocking and taboo for their time. And I, I wonder how people would have handled them seeing that at the time. Like, I, I don't want to give anything away, but the end, it's a mom eating this meat from the luau. And it's like, oh, Oh, oh my it's, yeah it's pretty messed up <laughs> yeah that, that's a great one uh, I num- put like after a few twists and turns the Lou I was to die for is what I got, <laughs> I got here <laughs> yeah uh, right. number 48 for me is drawn and quartered from the vault of horror oh, 1973 great one I will say straight up my list has a lot of amicus yeah I you can't really I mean fuck they were it. the kings of anthologies throughout pretty much of the 70s yeah. but this is kind of a new take on Dorian Gray an impoverished uh, painter living in Haiti learns that his paintings have been sold for high prices by art dealers who previously told them they were worthless so he goes to a voodoo priest where he's given the power to cause harm to anything he paints if he damages the painting himself and he wants to use this to get revenge it just happens though he had just finished a portrait of himself so yes be careful nothing happens to that painting so that's where you get the Dorian Gray yeah. elements in there um, there's even a fun bit where he tries to like put it in a vault so no one can harm it but he starts suffocating but anyways the story is about he returns to London to seek revenge on these art dealers yeah. and uh, the deaths are quite grisly so he Surprising, paints them and right? does like horrible things to them and they're all quite grisly and I love how like it almost has that elements of Final Destination where it's like you saw what he did to the painting and you're waiting to see like he, yeah. let's say he burns the eyes out of one you're waiting to see how that's going to happen yeah. to those people so it's uh, it's very cool there's also a great moment where he's just kind of testing his powers and he, he draws a vase and it's like ah oh, this sucks and crumples it up and throws it in the garbage and he sees the vase break he's like hmm and he sees a piece of bread the funny thing is too when he draws the bread like it's like a regular piece of bread loaf but he draws or it's like a, it's like a rye bread or something yeah. but he draws like it's a completely different style of bread and shape and everything it's like this guy's a terrible painter yeah, but I don't know. I thought all that was kind of fun. <laughs> That's what you took away from it. Like this guy, this guy can't really paint. Yeah, <laughs> Maddie, your number forty-eight Monsters Club, The Ghoul. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's uh, pretty much this uh, director's looking for this um, uh, scout. The scouting. ghouls, the ghouls, the ghouls. Plural. Yeah, sorry. Uh, he's looking for a, um, a, a scouting a location for his new movie, so he finds this old village. But all these weirdos come up. Like, they're really messing the head, almost like a cult. And, like, they're like, oh, he wants food? We get all our food from a box. And, he, like, they start, like, chasing him. And, like, I guess they they ran out of food that came from boxes. And they want to eat him. So he finds this humgul, which is a uh, half-human, half-ghoul. Mm-hmm. And she tells him the history of the town, how uh, it used oh, it's to be very an old cool. time. And there's a lot of mythology behind it. Again, it's another one of those ones where the mythology adds so much to the story. So much. And it's actually Bernie Wrightson. Uh, if you're in a classic yeah. horror comics, he was the guy that did tons of those. Yeah. Uh, he does the art because they, when they go into the, the flashback, the story of these mm-hmm. corpse-eating demons, it's all told through How great his, is that? his drawings, which is really cool. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. And it kind of there's a nice little button on the end of it, too, which all these... Hope- Anthologies have this great little like uh, twist at the end. Yeah, of, there's always usually see some of them. Most of them are about come up, and yeah. some of them are just like people that didn't deserve <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, getting the screwed really. Um, but yeah, the atmosphere in this one is great. Oh, I love the cool. fact that like they don't say they're getting it from um, 
the ground. He's like, we just get all our clothes from boxes. We get all our food from boxes. And he kind of realized what the boxes Yeah, I think they, are, they go into it, cool. yeah. But again, one of my little problems with that one, the whole problem, the Monster Club just had no budget. Mm-hmm. So It definitely looks like the guys from- The uh, ghouls look like, like a bunch of dirty people in cloaks. Yeah, but yeah. again, even even so, a cult of people is always scary to right? me when you're in a, stuck in a town with a cult of people after you. So yeah, that one may uh, show up on my list later on. I enjoy okay, that Okay, okay, we'll, well chat about that later. Uh, number 47 for me is Rogue Cop Revelation from Tales from the Hood 1995. Sweet. Uh, this is a young black yeah. officer is taken by his new partner to the scene of what initially appears to be a routine traffic stop. But when the police le- uh, the learn mayor. that the man is in fact a city councilman and black rights activist who has recently been on a crusade to eliminate police corruption in the city, he is yeah. beaten to death. Uh, the young cop doesn't and report the police brutality. Oh, yeah, yeah, too, it's they? brutal. Uh, and then they, on top of it, they frame him, yeah. like make it look like he was a drug dealer and yeah. committed suicide. But the young cop doesn't report the police brutality, instead quits the force. It kind of dives Becomes a, a guilt-consumed drunk, yeah. So now we cut to a year later, and um, he gets a, a visit from the afterlife of the councilman who wants him to help seek revenge on it's the corrupt like cops. a graffiti tag, like a graffiti yeah. wall, which is kind of, it looks great, doesn't it? Yeah, oh yeah. But yeah, the story is very relevant for what's going on now. We still have a lot of this stuff kind of going mm-hmm. on, police brutality, especially against black folks. And yeah, it's just one of those ones that works on a dramatic level, but also like- It's a, spooky as anything, isn't but, it? Like it's scary. Yeah. Like that, that painting and like how like he's, he's almost on a cross in a weird yeah, way. Yeah, he is, yeah. angles are a bit yeah. janky. But the story itself, I mean, is police brutality and then yeah. a cop retiring and becoming drunk. Like all that works, but then yeah. you get into like the spirit, a fun, uh, yeah. goofy kind of zombie revenge flick and you got lots of like gruesome deaths and, mm. you know, a dick rip in there, a decapitation. There's even a fun evil dead like gag where someone gets a needle thrown in their throat and you see it from the point of view the of the needle. mouth. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it, it kind of gives you a bit of everything you want. Tales from the Hood was great about that. Like I think the first film, uh, like all the the stories, they work. They're still relevant now and they all work on that level of like there's two relatable but yeah. also being kind of funny. You see comics. It's like that nice blend that's hard to pull mm-hmm. off. I think. Forty seven for me is at ten thirty one. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty much like an anthology all that takes place on Halloween. And the one I'm going to pick is The Old Hag. Oh, nice, yeah. Which is a great one. These two guys go into this old bread and breakfast to make a uh, commercial. They're commercial guys. They're trying to pitch like, yeah, we can do commercials for this much money. They're like, fine, let's do it tonight. The guy's like, well, I don't know. If they're like, no, you guys can spend the night here. It's a slow season. It's Halloween night, so we don't have any people here. And as they're shooting, you see a bunch of cool things in the background kind of moving along. There's a lot of fun gags. And the atmosphere is kind of fun, like almost like a Halloween night in an abandoned house, which is kind of cool. Yeah, this 1031 is like a little indie uh, anthology that came out. When, when did it come out? Twenty? Is it 2017? Yeah, or? it was a couple of years back. But yeah, I agree. This one was close to making mine. It's It's pretty fun. Um, I, I didn't realize the old hag is actually like this um, kind of urban legend. A lot of people, usually like people that suffer from sleep paralysis, the old hag is what they oh, see. Yeah? So I didn't realize that, uh, yeah, it had this whole mythology behind oh, cool. it. But yeah, that, that one is a lot of fun. Wasn't uh, it? And like, like, uh, the the gags list. are great in it. Like you see in the background, just like her like walking up the stairs, like, did I just, nah, I probably wasn't. Yeah, I yeah. saw that. And she's got a cool look for, again, yeah. like these, we're talking like probably thousands of dollars. Yeah, like the budget, budget. is not there. but if they And the acting isn't well. too terrible because mm-hmm. some of those ones, the acting is cringeable. I thought that rough, one was yeah. fine. So 
Cool. I'm glad you put that because uh, no, I don't know if to mention it. Yeah, right? <laughs> Hopefully, we can knock off all my honorable mentions. Uh, number 46 for me. I have a feeling this might be higher on your list. Uh, dumplings from Three Extremes, 2004. I did get a chance to watch this. Like, oh, it no. would have been on my list. Yeah. Okay. I remember this being awesome. Even like the other one in this chopped was actually really good for me. Mm-hmm. I remember, but so this is one actually. Um, it's uh, a South Korean uh, anthology, mm-hmm. I believe. It's a bunch of South Korean directors. This was directed by Fruit Chan, but. Uh, this may be the most disturbing tale on my list. It's kind of fucked up, right? Um, actually, I don't think there's a maybe there. I think it yeah. is the most disturbing tale on my list. Uh, it's about an aging actress who wants to rejuvenate her youth and beauty to attract the attention of her husband, who has secretly taken a mistress behind her back. Uh, she buys dumplings from this woman called Aunt May, who... Uh, claims to be much much older than she actually is and she says that it's because she eats these dumplings um i wasn't going to spoil it but i i I think it actually gives it away pretty early on i don't think i always thought it that was the big shock running but it isn't you find out that these dumplings are in fact aborted fetuses um and uh she gets them from like a nearby hospital and she also performs uh uh, abortions herself so she can get the fetuses and the, the, the so, like the longer it's been in there like there's one she gets like one that's three months old so it's like really growing the more youth you, you know rejuvenation it, you get you're talking but, about like police brutality uh, racism abortions like, yeah this is kind of a weird list buddy <laughs> well again I, most of these are fun but there are some mm-hmm. like this that i think stand out just because they are either good or just so just scary up. Or, or messed up. This is definitely a messed up. Like I, I think it is such an inventive, even though it's really disgusting. It yeah. is such an inventive idea to eat fetuses yeah. to rejuvenate your youth. But um, I, I will say this: the tale moves at a snail's pace. Like not really much happens, but you're slow. never bored. Yeah. I found, at least for me, I found I was never bored. And then the ending lives up to the messed up and disturbing nature of the rest of the story. I won't say anything, but it's like, oh, they went there. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense from everything that came before. <laughs> of course they're going to go there. Um, yeah, it, it's fantastic. If you get the DVD, uh, this they is actually... Actual full-length Yeah, this is one, this is, I believe, the only one out of them all that uh, was an hour and a half feature. And I don't know if they, if it was meant to be a feature and they, mm-hmm. they edit it down. It never feels like you're missing anything in yeah. that story. I think the full length just expands upon it a little bit more, but um, yeah, it's, it's great. I, I highly recommend uh, dumplings. All right. Number 46 of mine is ABCs of death. Number one, uh, T is for toilet. <laughs> Do you remember this one? Kind of. It is this like weird uh, Australian animation, almost like a claymation, where this kid is like having this nightmare where the toilet grows eyes, locks him in the bathroom, and starts like eating his parents in front of him. So he's all fucked and freaked out. Then he's like, oh man, like he realizes it was just a nightmare. He's like, okay, I gotta use the toilet, it's gonna be fine. But then he like, um, Sits in the toilet and he kind of gets scared. He somehow like freaks out and gets his head caught in the toilet seat. Yeah, it's almost like a Rube Goldberg effect where like, yeah, his head gets stuck in, which he tries to get out. That hits this and blah, blah, blah. The end is kind of insane because his dad comes and starts laughing at him like, how'd you get your fucking head stuck in a toilet, boy? And then like, Shit goes down like, yeah. What the fuck? Just what? Did it's I just really watch? violent yeah. claymation, is what it is. I had no. And idea it's not this even like it doesn't look good. It looks so almost like jarring and like gross. I don't know. I I really dug this. I thought, but yeah, it, it's very cool. Very mm-hmm. cool. Um, yeah, ABC's death. I, I I'll spoil it right now. None of them made my list just because I didn't know how to fit like most of them there's no story and it's it's almost like the segments from uh, the wheelies where they're just like yeah. they throw you in and you have a minute or two to kind of do your thing but um yeah 
Uh, number 45 for me is a segment called Feeder from Minutes Past Midnight from 2016. Awesome. Uh, this is uh, Minutes Past Midnight, I, I believe is a Canadian anthology, but it's made up from stories like around the world. Mm-hmm. Like I think this one is Australian, I believe. But uh, it's this very underrated anthology. And we there were talking about- like two or three that are actually fucking amazing. But yeah. then there's one that's like absolutely terrible called like Road Rage, Roid Rage. Yeah. Like, there's, it's like, well, there's one or two that are yeah. bad, but I would say overall, like this anthology holds up yeah. to like in Amicus. And this is like, you know, we were talking about some of the indie ones, like Volumes of Blood, 1031. Yeah. Those ones have one or two, but they don't compare to anything else. Like I would, I would say this one actually does. Yeah. And even the ones that are like bad, they have like a production value. Like the one where the guy wants to kill, I don't want to explain anything, but the guy who's killing the girl's polka dots. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. has a girl from the children. I forget her name. Not the best story. Well, they're, they're, it's it, like this romantic. It looks story, amazing. But you, it's shot so well, and it's done since yeah. a cool pace. It's a romantic yeah. uh, kind of rom com, but it just turns out he's a serial yeah. killer. That one's fun too. There was three that were very close to make my yeah. list, but I chose this one. Uh, the, don't give anything away just yet. Well, I'll just uh, say the one, the two that did. I won't say much about them, but there's a one called The Mill at Calder's End, mm-hmm. which was very Stop tough it. for me to leave that off. Was so cool. It's this very yeah, this very cool atmospheric yeah. gothic segment yeah. that feels like it could be like a Poe leftover yeah. out of puppets. Yeah, the problem with that one is visually it's fucking amazing. Yeah. But I, the story is missing something, yeah. I felt. And then the other one is Ghost Train, which, again, has this really cool set piece of this haunted ride. But I felt like the rest of the story didn't live up to that visual. But either way, there are so many that could have made it from this anthology. But I went with Feeder, which is um, it's kind of a take on the, um, what's that, the, uh, the Devil at the Crossroads, where this yeah. struggling kind of bluesy musician. That, that, uh, Robbie, Robbie Robertson kind of went down the crossroads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Soul. But uh, he's kind of the struggling musician. He, he uh, moves into this rundown apartment to focus on his art and uh, and meet this deadline. Um, but he's not getting any inspiration. And then all of a sudden, there's like this drawing on the ground or something, and it grabs this rat and eats mm-hmm. it. And he finds that he has to bring, like, leave a dead animal or whatever in that spot, it will suck it in. And then all of a sudden he has inspiration, but it keeps on getting bigger and bigger. And it started out with a rat and then a cat and a dog. And it keeps on going up and up. And you obviously know where it's eventually going to get to, but it's this really cool, dark tale. And and he's getting like the flashbacks of like, I can't believe I did this. Is it worth what I'm doing to be successful? (laughs) And the ending is kind of fun, right? Oh, well the ending is a, yeah, yeah, it's a nice little twist and it's, it's pretty dark. Um, yeah, I, I think it's great. And again, it's part of this little no budget anthology, but you wouldn't guess this. Like it has great production yeah. values. It all looks good. Even, like, the the acting is good. Too, yeah, right? the effects are good. So it, it just shows you sometimes that some of these like no budget anthologies can really pull it off. Mm-hmm. All right, number forty five. Mine is the Dead of Night from like uh what was it, nineteen seventy seven, I think? The one that was on TV. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no such thing as a vampire. This is the Dan Curtis T V film mm-hmm. flick, yeah. Is I guess Richard Mathen's story. There's no such thing as a vampire. I believe so. It's this. You have you've seen this, right? Oh yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Uh, this dude who uh, his wife is suffering from like a, what appears to be a vampire attacking her, and mm-hmm. he's trying to like tell his buddy who he confides in, like, no, she's being attacked by a vampire. We have garlic. Maybe it's all in her mind. Is like so he's kind of setting up this uh, groundwork for um, something a bit more sinister, mm-hmm. which I think is all done very well. I love the interplay between him and his wife and him and his buddy and. It works great. The ending is such a nice little... Yeah, the, the yeah. ending is what makes that story. Yeah. When you find out what's going on. So, so that would be my uh, 45. Cool. Uh, my number 44 is Terror in Topanga 
from Nightmares, 1983. Oh, nice. uh, this is kind of like an urban legend yeah, tale. Yeah, it's they kind hit of the a, hitchhiker in the backseat. Yeah, exactly. So during a traffic stop at night, a cop is stabbed to death by someone leaping from the bushes. A killer is terrorizing a local California area, and the TV and radio are reporting that the cop is his fifth victim. Uh, we have... Christina Rains from Sentinel fame, yeah. who, um, I don't know, I totally have a thing for her. She puts her children in her bed, but discovers she's out of cigarettes. I'm actually curious. Is this like a cautionary tale of like, listen, don't smoke? Yeah, <laughs> probably. Because her husband forbids her to go to the store, but she sneaks out anyway and heads down the canyon. And yeah, you can kind of guess where it's going. She, she ends up parking in a gas station and it seems like he's attacking her, the gas station tenant, because he looks like the killer described. Mm-hmm. But it's just one of those ones that just does a great job. It just puts you in that setting at that location and you have the fear of the killer on the loose. Like when she goes out, she gets stopped by a neighbor and like then this happens and this mm. happens. And I don't know. I think it just does a cool job and it really sells that urban legend feel yeah. better than most. Because a lot of these urban legends are adapted quite a bit in anthologies, but yeah. they don't always nail that. I, I don't know how to explain it, but I think this one does does it well. My number 44 is uh, Body Bags. Nice. Hair. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. What a fun, goofy story about this angry Stacey Keach. He's like, oh, how people are going to respect me when I have no hair. So he sees this ad for this like hair transplant. He's like, of course, hair transplant seems like uh, I'm going to be the uh, the most toughest guy in the uh building at this point so he gets his hair transplanted and he looks like such a swarmy 80s dude and it turns oh, yeah. out that uh, this imaginary revolutionary hair implant isn't what it's all cracked up to be <laughs> when he finds that hair is growing out of every orifice of his body and he cuts like this one's growing out of his tongue which is so like jarring but well so no matter where he does it keeps, on, grow- it keeps yeah. on growing back um, yeah, this one is up on my list a little bit later yeah. on. I really enjoy this one. But yeah, I, I just love like his obsession mm-hmm. with his thinning hair and his baldness. Like It seems like an 80s thing. Like, yeah. I guess if you were a bald guy, you'd be like, oh man, I need more hair. But I don't think anyone's going to get hair transplant these days, would they? Uh, I don't know. I'm like, yeah. sure people do. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, I don't know. There's just something about he's just so insecure and, um, but Stacy Keach doesn't seem like the kind of guy that would be insecure, but he plays it so well. I don't well. know. I was wondering if maybe he was <laughs> yeah. fighting this in real life because <laughs> while this him. was going on, he was balding, right? But yeah. I love all the different things where he's trying to get rid of the ball. Like he does, like tries a comb yeah. over, like the Donald Trump comb over. It's not He working. tries to spray on uh, <laughs> a hairspray kind of hairspray. Then he goes to like this flamboyant hairdresser and like all of it's fun. And then, yeah, when you, the hair that's growing, like, I don't know, it just makes your skin yeah, grow. And when you, you find out what's right? going on. And yeah, I, I think that one's a lot of fun. It all goes to Stacey Keach. I yeah. think he makes that story for sure. Okay, my number 43 is one you've already talked about, The Ghouls from Monster Club nice. 1981. Uh, like you said, we've already talked about it, but... Um, I'm curious how much crossover we're going to have on this. Quite a bit, eh? Probably, yeah. But yeah, it's it's very effective and creepy. It has a shocking ending. I love the mythology. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a cool one. All right, my number 43 is uh, Nightmares, The Bishop of Battle. I love this idea of... Um, video game hustlers going to arcades in the 80s and like hustling people out of quarters and shit like that and this guy gets obsessed with beating this game called the bishops of battle and it is taking over his entire world like he's sneaking out at home at night he's breaking into the mall to go to the arcade and uh, it turns out it doesn't work out too well for him because the game comes alive and he has to somehow defeat the game using the same strategies as yeah. he learned how to play well I think it's like there's a, this yeah. myth, myth um, 
you can't beat the seventh level. Well, it's like a mythological thirteenth yeah. level that no yeah. one's ever got to, or, or and then he does get to, but no one can beat. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's obviously meant to be um, a metaphor for drugs because yeah. he's like addicted to it to the point where he's literally breaking into the arcade at night. Metaphor um, for video games, man. I know some <laughs> dudes get like crazy. Yeah, I guess these days, but um, yeah, I, I think it's really cool. I love like all the. I, I always love seeing old arcades, yeah. and video games, and, I, and the graphics is still a bit dated, but that's why I find it so goddamn. Oh, it's charming. charming yeah. And he's he's hustling people at the beginning yeah. too, which is kind of and fun. And he was his nerdy buddy who were like, yeah. uh, and again, the ending I thought was kind of fun too. Like, oh, yeah, I like yeah. the idea of um, well, it goes like you you way. think it's going to be like, yes, he has to beat this level yeah. and what's going to happen, but it totally goes <laughs> a lot bigger than you thought it yeah. was going to be. Um, but yeah, it's just if you're in an old school video game, it's like a big love letter mm-hmm. to it. Uh, that also may be on my list, but a little higher. Oh shit. Actually, quite a bit higher. <laughs> oh, shit. I love that one. Um, number 42 for me is Wish You Were Here, Tales from the Crypt, 1972. Oh, awesome. This is the one where a couple who is in financial ruin finds a Chinese figurine that will apparently grant them three wishes to whoever uh, possesses it. Like a monkey's paw. It's pretty much the monkey's paw. Uh, and the first wish is, of course, for... Um, uh, wealth. Wealth, which everyone would do, but right away, misfortune strikes, and the wife just keeps on trying her best to do what's best for her family, for her husband, her and her husband, like and is, everything goes wrong. It's like- She's not thinking these things through, you know what yeah. I'm saying? It's almost like the monkey's paw, or like the Chinese figure, is trying to fuck her at every turn. Like, well, that's how the monkey's paw yeah. it always is. It always like- you get the wish, but yeah. there's always some misfortune with it. And yeah, like you feel bad because unlike a lot of these stories, it's not like she hates her husband and she's trying to get revenge yeah. on him for something. She loves her husband and is trying to do everything to make it right, yeah. but it keeps on getting worse and worse for oh, him. And that, and that ending is like completely so horrible. Good. So good. Like, it makes me cringe to this day. And even, Think like, about it, yeah. The accident, when they're coming down, there's like, Bikers, like I love the uh, what's that psychomania of like the skeleton mask. Yeah, it's kind of like death. Yeah, kind of coming coming after him. Yeah. And, oh yeah, there's so it's many scary. twists and turns in that one. That's a lot higher up on my list. We yeah. can talk about it later. Cool. But uh, what do we got? Forty two. Yes, sir. Forty two is twice told tales. Okay. Doctor Hedegger's experiment. Oh, nice. You see this one, right? (laughs) It's fucking great. So these two buddies. What's great about this is like they're old friends and they can kind of commiserate because they're kind of a bit. Old and kind of lonely together. Is it, yeah, Heidegger's experiment yeah. or something? Or I don't know how you pronounce it. Yeah. yeah, I'm the same way. So they're coming together and talking about it all the time. I remember when you were such a young kid, you were all yeah. boisterous getting all the ladies. Like, and one guy has a wife who uh, he loved dearly, and he kind of passed away when she, she was passed a bit away, younger. Yeah. He's like, that was the love of my life. I can never love again. But you, you were such a scoundrel. You were and, always, and Price is yeah. his buddy. Yeah. Vincent Price, and of course. Is such like a... Uh, which Vincent Price is going to probably yeah, make a yeah. lot of our lists. Yeah, I think so too. So they go into this cave, and it turns out there's uh, his wife is well preserved because of this. Well, what? Ha- sorry, what happens is there's a thunderstorm and it strikes the uh, the tomb and opens it up, and they go in to lock it up. And yeah, sorry, and that's why like, his them. wife is still like uh, preserved. Like, yeah, from from yeah. water dripping from mm-hmm. the tomb has been somehow rejuvenating her. So they're like, oh well, let's, let's try it. So they all get younger, and um, they give some to the wife who kind of regains life which is kind of fucked up and then yeah there's it finds out like there was a twist with these yeah, guys aren't as friendly as they should have been when they were younger and uh the portion wears off yeah <laughs> quite early and the horrific events yeah oh uh, yeah I, I agree with you though what really makes this one is just that long time friendship yeah. these two guys just chatting and being like i, I love that one so much just because I, I just want to hang out with these guys yeah right these seem like <laughs> two old friends, guys right? yeah yeah yeah, yeah that, that's a fantastic one and mm. again like all the uh corman 
um, what was it, Carmen Poe Price? Yeah, <laughs> Carmen Poe Price. Which no one gets because we haven't released that episode. <laughs> You'll find this joke funny in like about a couple months. You won't. Um, but yeah, it totally captures that you know really cool atmosphere with the the fake sets and everything. Yeah. I love, I love those fake sets, and I wish they'd bring it back. There's something right. about them like you could tell they weren't quite real but they brought so much mood yeah. and tone with them i don't know but yeah i agree that's a fantastic one maybe on my list oh shit okay 41 for me is another one from the monster club this is called the Shadmock. oh shit um a is young whistle yeah a young financially struggling woman takes a job at a secluded manor house uh by a hybrid creature called a Shadmock, who is a horribly ugly and notorious for its demonic whistle <laughs> and it's funny because again this had no budget so he's supposed to be this like so ugly that she can't look at him yeah. but really his face is just painted white makeup <laughs> he has like that black underneath his yeah. eyes and he's kind of, kind of got a goofy like Beatles haircut but yeah it's such a simple design and even though it's, it looks stupid I don't know it works for me yeah but what really works I just love this idea of this creature that can whistle and destroy things it's so strong the the sound of the whistle there's uh you know you see a bit of it in the beginning where um there's this cat and it's terrorizing the birds that he cares for so he whistles and you see like the the leftover and the cats all melted and yeah, that's awesome right and of course there's a really cool shocking finale in there with the whistle mm-hmm. but i don't know the monster club was one that grew on me the first time i watched a year or two ago i didn't really like it oh no i guess i wasn't yeah. in the right mood i'd probably just watch some of the bigger budget ones yeah you have to get past that there's no budget, so if yeah. you're expecting cool-looking effects and creatures, it's and some there. some of the effects are there, but for the most part, yes, it's about it's more about the the, the stories and mythologies. I think they they did a lot of cool ideas with these made-up creatures yeah. that I think is what makes the stories unique. So, yeah, a creature that whistles and destroys things. Uh, how cool is that? I love how like ugly he thinks he is. Like, how could you ever love me? Yeah, I'm ugly. He's almost, I, like elephant man. Well, I didn't mention either. Like, they build up a friendship him yeah. and the woman, but you find out that she actually has a boyfriend. Yeah, and he's convincing her to, to stick with this and marry him, so then she can steal because he's yeah. he's rich. He's got tons of money. Um, to steal all the stuff from his vault. So, um, yeah. Maddie, number 41. Number 41 is um, ABCs of Death 2. Wow, you love the ABCs yeah, of Death. I do. Okay. A is for amateur. Do you remember this one? No. There's this guy who's like about to, like, um, he's this amateur uh, hitman. He's in his mind. He's like, I'm going to go in there, like, climb to the vents. I'm going to pop in. Almost like um, Boondock Saints esque, like, um, okay, yeah, he goes yeah, yeah. He's going to, like, yeah, yeah. start shooting people. He's like, this is going to be amazing. He kind of, like, goes in, he gets stuck in the vent. And um, as he's stuck in the vent, he dies. But like, what's that smell? And the guys, and then it turns into something awesome. Like there was yeah. a great little uh, payoff at the end. It's a good one. It. Yeah. I, I don't know if it fits the horror thing. That's why. I, but I'm not saying why. You, yeah. You, you can definitely include it. But for me, that's why. Uh, I think I. I, th- I was thinking I put it like this or Alfred Libido, but like Alfred Libido was a bit too like. Ah, oh, this is weird, man. I will say like. I think part two is way like I think part two is actually a good yeah. anthology. Like I think most of the stories in part two are really good, but there are again like um, but ten I, that are just yeah, unwatchable. But I think and then part one has like five that aren't necessarily yeah. good, but they're really fucking weird. Yeah, usually the ones in like the Japanese ones <laughs> yeah. are the ones that are like what? But it's like it's kind of interesting too because it's so out there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, again for me, I just I end up not including any of these just because I didn't know where to where fit to put them. them? Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Like it's this is so hard to do. Like yeah. this versus uh, two evil eyes. Yeah, like. exactly. It's hard to compare, but uh, number here we, here we are. <laughs> yeah, 
Number 40 for me is The Drowned. This is from Necronomicon, The Book of the Dead from 1993. Oh, shit. Again, this is another anthology that I is impossible to find. I can't wait for this to come out like on something. I don't know what is holding it up. Mm-hmm. I don't know if some weird rights issue. Uh, it's directed by Brian Usna. Uh, uh, Henry Combs is in there playing H.P. Mm-hmm. Lovecraft. Uh, it's amazing. Tim sneaking into the library and stealing all the Necronomicon. Necronomicon books. And then, yeah, he's reading these and writing the stories down so he can release them to the public. But yeah, it's such a great anthology and but unfortunately you can't find it. I think the last release they had was VHS. Like even finding it illegally, which is how I had to do yeah. it, was hard. Right. But uh anyways, this story is a man distraught over the loss of his wife years before inherits an old abandoned hotel. Through a flashback we learn the dark history of the hotel and the power of the Necronomicon, a book that can revive the dead. He decides to use the book to bring back his wife with dire consequences. Um yeah, all the stories in this, I think any one of them could have made it. They're all kind of fun. If you want yeah. like gooey effects, Almost cool creatures. Like Stuart Gordon-esque. Like, is Stuart Gordon in this? That no, is? no. Oh. It's Brian Usna who did the... Uh, um, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he did uh, the society and a lot of gooey yeah. kind of ones. Return of the Living Dead 3. Mm-hmm. But no, yeah, it's definitely like most H.P. Lovecraft when they're adapted, you're usually getting cool creatures yeah. and tentacles and gooey effects. And this thing delivered... It, Stuart Gordon is famous for doing like... From Beyond, yeah, which is an thinking. HP Lovecraft Everything adaptation. Like, day uh, again. What was that? Like uh, Jeffrey Coombs, I think, is yeah. uh, Stuart Gordon. Yeah. But uh, it's really cool. You, of course, get some Fishman creatures. There's a cool flash, the yeah. cool flashback where his uncle makes the deal. Like he forsakes God during the funeral of his, his wife and child and throws the Bible in the fire. And he makes a deal with this cool Fishman creature. And then the ending is just insane. Like you're getting big tentacle monsters. Like, the the effects the practical effects and the huge set piece like it just mm. seems like it would have been a that huge budget for its is time huge right yeah and it's like sprawling because it's like a basement full yeah. of like a, yeah but for a little anthology tale I just don't know how they paid it off but yeah if you just want a big cool creature story this is the one um, it's great my number forty is from uh, the torture garden. It's the man who collected Poe. Oh, that's a good one. It is a great one. This uh, gentleman is like so obsessed with Poe, and he meets this guy at a party. Jack Palance Jack and Palance. Uh, yeah, Peter right. Peter Cushing. Yeah, and they're like obsessed with Poe. They're like, oh well, I have like a unwritten book. He's like, no, you don't. I was like, well, come over next time you're in Philadelphia. Come on down and check it out, or uh, Baltimore. Come check it out. So he does, and like, ah, uh, checks out. Like, well, what's in your basement? Like, oh, I can't tell you that. Like. Uh, so he's trying to ply him with drinks and like come on let me show you the basement he doesn't mm-hmm. so uh, things go awry and he actually has something crazy in the basement it just gets more and more insane yeah the, the hidden treasure is the big surprise yeah. this one, but it kind of is spooky because the hidden treasure is oh, yeah. so well the whole movie looking. has this really cool gothic feel mm-hmm. throughout this one is again fuck you're spoiling my whole list is higher yeah. up on my list but um, I just love like as a collector myself yeah. I love that collector mentality and seeing them getting like gleefully excited and kind of like Giddy. almost combating each other though as well like competing who yeah. has the, who is the true Best collection. Poe collector I don't know I just I love it so I, actually the word I was looking for is sensuous it, it almost is like they're yeah. getting like off on yeah, this they shit really like are. they're so excited about it and Jack Palance is just so good and creepy yeah. and like I don't know, the, and, but then the smirks kind of Peter Cushing is would doing. Would you say they're going to get a pogasm? <laughs> <laughs> they were having pogasms, yeah, I would say. But like, 
the smirks that Peter Cushing yeah. is even giving as he is showing, because he obviously has the better collection. Yeah. And like you said, he actually like, they both have cool stuff, but then uh, Peter Cushing pulls out like these unpublished works. Yeah. And it's like, oh my God, how did you get these? I've never seen these. He's like, you can compare you the, the writing, the writing, it matches. And like, how did you get them? And the big surprises, you know, that leads up to the big shocking ending. But, mm-hmm. oh man, yeah, th- this one, this one's a lot of fun. It's such a cool, unique story too. Yeah. Like what a great idea. Right? Yeah. Sparring is is the word I was looking sparring. for too. They kind of are sparring with each other about who's the truer poetic. Fuck, Maddie, you're spoiling my all my. I'm stuff. sorry, buddy. I'm wondering what's gonna be higher up yours. Uh, so we're breaking into the 30s now. Ten down. Uh, number 39 is the door from Beyond the Grave Ooh. from 1974. Okay, Beyond from yeah. Beyond the Grave is like. I don't know if I could say it's underrated because it's an amicus anthology, yeah. but it seems like everyone talks about Vault of Horror and Tales, Tales from the, the Crypt. Crypt and whatnot. And it's maybe because it's an asylum. Maybe it's because those of our Blu-ray releases. Yeah. I believe this is one of the only that didn't? amicus anthologies that still hasn't. I have a feeling Screen Factory will put it out soon. Yeah. But uh, it, it's actually one of my favorite ones because I think for the most part, all the stories are great. And there's going to be some more higher up on my list. But this is a really cool one where a man buys a large antique door for his house. He ends up putting it uh, leading into a uh, stationary cupboard but he's startled when he opens it it doesn't lead to his his pantry it leads to this blue room this cool ominous blue mm-hmm. room with this evil occultist there it's quite frightening but it's really the finale that makes it up for it you have like you know the do- bleed the blood coming from the yeah. door and a dissolving body effect and all this craziness uh. and it's just there's something really creepy yeah. about like imagine if you just opened a door and it didn't lead to that room it led to some other one some other yeah. dimension or someone else's house with this mm-hmm. occultist i don't know it's great, uh, it's great. actually I, that's pretty amazing what do we got 39 yes sir um my number 39 is a minutes past midnight the ghost train. We were talking about this earlier. It's a cool story how um, these young kids go to this um, almost like an abandoned amusement park, and there is like a coin-operated ride that they uh, haunted ride. Yeah, and it looks amazing. Like the set piece is awesome, and there's, oh, it's, great, there's like yeah, the, the top is like yeah. this. Almost like a, a ghoul. Kind yeah, of deal. yeah. And uh, between the two, it goes back and forth between like three kids going to this abandoned amusement park and two friends reuniting, kind of like. We have to do this, and the one guy's kind of an alcoholic and is forcing him back, and the other guy's like, "Well, what happened to I them do this years anymore. earlier? Traumatized. Yeah. It almost kind of has like a Stephen King esque. You got it. You know, like the you we have, have the, to get back together and uh, yeah, because it's like them as adults and the flashbacks mm-hmm. of what happened, and they, they pl- splice it so well yeah. together. It's well acted yeah. too. Again, which is I, for some reason that mm. like. I don't know. All the acting and the production values is great for that anthology, yeah. which is weird for like a no budget movie. Because I think they were pretty much just short films that they put together. Oh, like like web web. I don't think they're web, but I think yeah. they were just short films. Like they're not really connected, but it all blends. Yeah, because they're all works. so well produced. And again, it looks great. The ending I thought was kind of fun too. Like it kind of shit goes yeah. down. Yeah, again, I, I felt like the story wasn't quite there, but I agree, like, that set piece, I don't know how yeah. they built that on yeah, budget. whatever budget they yeah. would have had. I mean, it's obviously some of it's CGI, but it, it looks great. It's yeah. really cool. Um, yeah, that's one I think, like, I, I got the Blu-ray, and it was, like, a limited one, like, Rue Morgue was selling it from their site. Oh, yeah? And then the only other way to get it, I guess, was um, those horror packs where you pay, like, so much a month. Yeah, and you get, and you get random Blu-rays. And that was the only way you can get it, but both of them are sold out, so it's hard to figure. I think you can still find it easily on DVD, but if you can find it search that one out i think it's it's very yeah, that's very good cool, yeah uh number 38 for me mal from tales of witness madness from 1973 again yeah. we were talking about you talked about luau lu, yeah. lu, lu, 
Luau. Luau. This is another story that, like, I would have loved to see the reaction of the of yeah. the time because 1973, this would kind of be taboo. <laughs> it's almost goofy in a way. It's so much fun, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this man brings home this old dead tree, sticks in the middle of their living room, lovingly calls it Mal. But what's weird about the tree is it almost has like a human form, and the tree starts getting like this unusual attention from the husband, yeah. which angers the the wife played by Joan Collins, oh, who kind of becomes so jealous. Cuteness, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. But this is one of the stranger stories on my list, and it's so weird, and that's why I like it. <laughs> and again, that, actually, what I have written, I, spoilers, but I got a, this is a bit up on my list. I just put a, man gets a Woody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he starts really showing affection for this and, like, tree. But the tree so is kind of buxom, right? Like, it, it's got yeah. curves in the right yeah. places, man. And the tree, though, like, is moving, too. It is yeah. some kind of alive It's somehow. a bit sentient, isn't it? But the one thing that's really shocking is there's, like, a nightmare sequence yeah. where she's making love to her husband, and she wakes, and she dreams that the tree, the tree. rapes her. Yeah. And this is, so this is this years is like before, before Evil, Evil Dead, Dead yeah, right? This, Evil Dead must have stole it from this, but mm-hmm. it's pretty, like, it's pretty violent. Like, you actually see it tear her shirt yeah. and she, expose her breast, yeah. which, again, for, like, a 1973 yeah. anthology, that's pretty crazy. Um, and it's just like all colorful and everything too, almost like Bavesque yeah. colors. But um, yeah, no, this one is just such a weird one. Fun yeah. ending where I, like I you think it's going one way and Does it somebody goes the in other there way. love me? <laughs> um, yeah, you got to see Mal to, to, <laughs> yeah. to really believe it. <laughs> I, yeah, that's, it's one of the things like, how did this fucking get made? But like, yeah. I love the fact that it got made. Yeah. Maddie, you're number 38. Number 38, Vault of Horror, Bargain in Death. It's when uh, this guy who's like, uh, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to bury myself alive to get the insurance money, oh, yeah, and my yeah. buddy's going to dig me up later. And um, somehow Grave Robbers gets involved. <laughs> and, uh, and it doesn't go they, as It doesn't go as well. <laughs> it is so goofy and almost yeah. like Benny Hill-esque. That's why I love anthologies from like the 80s and 60s and like 70s, because like, uh, it's almost like things that have to happen for these stories not to go right is so... Um, uh, almost like Quentin Tarantino, like mm-hmm. this has to happen for this to happen, this happened. Like grave robbers yeah. pulling him up, and they get freaked out because he's alive. So they run out in the middle of the road, and his buddy, who's supposed to help him out, ends up crashing the car. Mm-hmm. And the guys are like, "Oh shit, zombie! We're gonna kill him!" So like they actually like, yeah, it gets awesome. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Number- I just put fun ensues. <laughs> this one, grave <laughs> robbers. Happen upon a buried alive. Yeah, that's funny. You almost don't want to fun and uh, yeah. spoil too much because a lot of the fun is like how, like yeah. you said, it like this happens, which means this happens, which makes this happen. Um, number thirty-seven for me uh, is disembodied hand from Doctor oh, Terror's House of Horrors, nineteen sixty-five. So yeah, this I guess this is one of the well, it's not the first anthology, obviously, yeah. but I think it's the first Amicus one. I think it's like the one that kind of got the ball rolling. Okay. Because I think before this might have just been Dead of Night from 1945 maybe. Oh, that's crazy. So I could be wrong about that, but I believe it was. So in this one, Christopher Lee plays a pompous art critic who goes out of his way. Uh, Michael Gould, or Gal, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, uh, Alfred from Batman, yeah. is um, is a painter. And Christopher Lee's one of those guys that just like, he just likes to be a critic so he can he, do his witty banter yeah, he's and insult dick, right? people's uh, paintings. But... Um, uh, I love. Okay, so he's a, he's a dick critic, and his buddy's like, I know he doesn't know what he's doing. So like, he uh, has this painting. He's like, so what do you think of this? Like, he's like, well, this is actually a great painting. They have all the arts and whatnot. He's like, do you want to meet the artist? And he pulls out a baboon with yeah. like a paintbrush. Like, yeah. And then, and but he keeps on showing up at different events yeah. to get revenge and like embarrassing Christopher <laughs> Lee. Um, 
but it goes, I guess, too. He doesn't take too kindly to it because it ends up with him running over Michael Ghoul, Gal Ghoul, uh, who ends up losing his hands. And since he can't paint, he commits suicide. So it goes pretty fucking yeah. dark. But then it becomes one of the more goofy segments because we have like a hand running around killing people <laughs> and um, like choking him as yeah. he's driving and shit. The whole hand and the horror and- elements are the least interesting part. Yeah. The most interesting part is the first half where it's just these See them two sparring, sparring against each other, yeah, and just trying to outwit each other. All right, my number 37 is from Cat's Eye, Quitters Incorporated. Oh, nice. Yeah, this is amazing. So James Woods is trying to quit smoking by some drastic means. He goes to his head like, okay, so what we're going to do is uh, you quit, you find you smoking once, like uh, this is going to happen. You don't want to know what happened the second time. <laughs> well, we, we can kind of, yeah. we can spoil it. So I guess the second time is a... Well, the first time is shocking his wife. He, himself. Is no, it's his wife. It's his wife, isn't it? I think it's his wife. They they have like this electric cage yeah. and they he, they show them testing on the cat. Yeah. That the cat plays a part in the rest of the stories. But yeah, they said first time is your wife. Second time is your kid. Yeah. Third time they rape your wife, which is insane. <laughs> it's crazy, right? And then the fourth time you don't want to know, like yeah. we give up, which... It's probably not a good thing. (laughs) So it's just him just like trying to, uh, he's so paranoid and he thinks everyone's watching him. It turns out everyone is watching. So every time he has a smoke, shit goes down. Yeah. So after, I guess, the, uh, was it the second or third time? Uh, He kind of figures it out. So he's like, "Uh, yeah, that's a great ending. I don't want to give away. Yeah, yeah. We we probably shouldn't say how far it goes. The ending is great. But yeah, it's a very cool James Woods Mm. being sweaty and paranoid. But then like, they do mean business. The, the guy, it, I don't know if it's run by like a crime boss or something. It's crazy because but... when he comes in, like there's this, uh, he, as he goes to the doc's <laughs> office at the beginning of the episode, there's a lady running out crying and her husband like, mm-hmm. no, no, I'm sorry, baby, I'm sorry. Yeah. And you're like, like, oh, that's kind of weird. Like, well, and his buddy is the one that recommended him this thing. It really works. And there's like a kind of a fun ending with that yeah. too at the end. But um, yeah, I just love too, even at the beginning, he's kind of like being kind of cocky and yeah. joking around. And then he realizes, no, these guys mean business. mean business. Yeah. Um, cool. Number 36 for me is A Creeping Vine. This is actually Sweet. also from Dr. Yeah, Terror's House of Horrors. Two in a row for this one. I, I really enjoy this Anastasia yeah, anthology. Awesome. I think this is the one where like none of them are scary, but like all of them are really, really yeah, fun. Yeah, they're a ton of fun. Uh, but this one is a family returns home from vacation to discover a rapidly growing vine that cannot be cut down and reacts violently towards the threats. Mm. Um, again, I love me some nature gone amok. It's kind of fucked up because they actually killed the dog too, which is kind of messed up, right? Yeah. It's just such a yeah. goofy and fun segment. You have all these scientists talking like... A jargon kind yeah, of Yeah, jargon about Photosynthesis and... and uh, well, you see... Uh... You have, you know, vines extending and strangling people and it's just so absurd yeah. and... It's almost like a cartoon. You remember the Ghostbusters cartoon from the 80s? It's almost like that. Like, it's yeah. so goofy. That the it is, yeah. It's, not, yeah. it's just fun and goofy, but I, I totally dig it. How, how can you not love killer plants. And yeah, right. You don't see this too often because it's hard to really pull yeah, off. Yeah, especially like uh, oh, what's that? The uh, uh, little shop of horrors. <laughs> like, well, that movie's a masterpiece. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> it, yeah, unless you're doing that, like a giant puppet plant, like oh, no. me there, Simo. Yeah, I don't know. For 1965, they could do a good job yeah. making it believable, even if it is so silly. So. 36 for me is uh, The House. Oh, no, I did want to add it almost yeah. like sets up like this almost apocalyptic ending. Oh, it's crazy, yeah. right? Anyway. I do love uh, anthologies that end with the world ending. <laughs> Bless you. Thank you. All right, number 36 for me is The House at Drip Blood, Waxworks. Okay, nice. <laughs> so this guy is uh, goes to this almost like a um, torture museum of waxworks. Which is kind of why I love this episode because I love going Christopher Lee. Yeah, or... yeah, uh, Cushing, Cushing, Cushing okay. yeah. 
Peter Cushing. So he goes in and like he finds this one uh, very attractive looking statue that he's kind of like uh, mesmerized with. He's kind of uh, a little bit uh, turned on, and he wanted to dip his wick, if you will, in her wax. Well, it's almost like he's nim- it's almost like he like he knows her. Yeah, and then his thing. buddy comes up, and they go back, and they, they kind of almost get obsessed with this girl because it reminds him of someone they used to. Yeah, know. I think they both were in love with this woman. Yeah. It was like a love triangle, and I don't know what happened to her if she died or yeah. whatnot, but none of them ended up with her. So and yeah, this stat, this wax. They keep going back to this torture me. wax museum, and mm-hmm. um, it ends awesomely. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a fun one. Uh, number thirty five for me is the Changeling from a Christmas Horror Story twenty fifteen. Oh, this, this is kind of a weird anthology in that, like, I some could. People could say, well, it doesn't count, but I still think it is because it is four separate, really unrelated yeah. stories. But the way they tell it, it's like they show like three minutes of this story, then three minutes of the next, three minutes, yeah. and then it goes back to this one. So it's not told all together. It's kind of split up throughout the – so you don't get the ending of this one to the ending of the movie. Yeah. But um, anyways, this family heads out on Christmas Eve to chop down their own tree when their son mysteriously disappears. At their frantic search, they eventually find him hidden inside a tree. of a tree. Their joy is short-lived, though, when the boy begins acting strange and they receive a call from a mysterious man stating that the boy is not their son. Um, I believe this is a Canadian anthology. I, I think it's it's pretty... I think most story, most of the stories... Like, there's a couple on there that could have made it. There's one where it's like Santa fighting zombie elves, <laughs> which is amazing, crazy. Right? There's, there's a couple... The there, there's the a Krampus one. Yeah, that one I don't really like, yeah. but the one with Krampus is kind of fun. I don't know. It's actually... This is another one that like I did a 180 on because I didn't really yeah. like that much my first sight. I know you did. I think it made yeah. your top 10 of the year. But it definitely grew on me this time around. But this is a really creepy segment. One of the, again, more serious kind of creepy ones. The story works in the way that like those body swap kind of invasion of the body snatcher type of thing where it's like you know this 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 character is not who they you think they are there's a great scene where she tucks him in and she turns around you see like all of a sudden it's no longer a boy in the bed it's this weird creature with glowing eyes and then even when she's sleeping like someone's like caressing her like he it gets really gets, weird yeah, and messed creepy, up and, and it gets violent and mm. yeah like it really gets like shit goes down yeah. type of uh type of story here um yeah, yeah. Like I said, it's like those body shop where you know that that's not her son. Yeah. But you're waiting for them to find out. Um, I don't know. It, it's very cool and just yeah. getting the something of you know. Imagine getting a call from someone saying, "Yeah, your son's, son's not, not your son. Your, your son." Um, it, it's good. It's a good one. Yeah, I, I, I dig that one too. It's tense. Yeah. Uh, Thirty-five after midnight. The old dark house. Oh yeah, yeah that, this is a great one. It's a fun one. It's a uh, couple kind of uh, get stranded when the rains come down after like a drive through this uh, dark forest. Like, oh shit, there's a house. Let's go check it out. And uh, as we're in the house, um, some shit starts going down. And uh, the ending of this is why it is amazing. Because the atmosphere is great. There's spooky uh, atmosphere. There is uh, almost like a monster, but it's everything's not what it seems. And it, yeah, th- this feels very like amazing. Tales from the Crypt yeah. uh, episode. Like it could be Urban in a good way, in yeah, a good like way. A- yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's a fun one. Um, I can't give anything else away. Well, you can, than, uh, did you did you mention that when he goes in the house, it is kind of like haunted. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's all about the ending. You're mm-hmm. right. That, that is like that's great. Uh, number thirty four for me is ten thirty one ninety eight from VHS from twenty twelve. Uh, I don't love the VHS anthology. I feel like there is definitely you know there's a good story or two, but I feel like for the most part it's 
it's not good. It's very misogynistic. But um, this one I do enjoy. A group of teens head to a Halloween party but accidentally enter the wrong house and stumble upon an exorcism. Oh, it um, is amazing. Yeah, I found footage I'm just kind of mostly done with. But when it's mm-hmm. done effectively, which this one is, I think it really works. Um, this one has, again... None of the other stories I don't think in this movie are, but this one has a likable cast, so it's kind of mm-hmm. fun seeing them in their costumes and trying to, you know, getting ready to go to this party. They're partying together. They're, um, uh, they're, they're, you kind of want to hang out with these kids. Yeah. They're, they're fun. But once they get to the house, it, has, it does what I really love where it has subtle elements in the background that like mm-hmm. you could totally watch this a couple times and not notice and, like every time I watch it I notice different things that don't necessarily you don't need to catch them to make yeah. sense of the story but little things are going on in the background that's kind of spooky but once like it all shit goes down and hell breaks loose it doesn't really let up it's like a roller coaster yeah. ride and from that point on right it just to keeps the end going, going to the end and there's just insane after like it's it's yeah. one of those everything in the kitchen sink yeah. uh, stories where you're just getting all kinds of craziness happening um yeah, I, I, it's just, it's a blast in my opinion. I agree, yeah. I'm surprised it didn't make my list, actually. Me too. Um, so, um, 34, it's minutes past midnight. The feeder oh, nice. that we just talked about, the crossroads going yeah. down. Yeah, what a great story, man. Yeah. Uh, number 33 for me, The Neat Job from Vault of Horror 1973. Oh, yeah. This is an obsessively neat man marries a young trophy wife who is not quite the housekeeper he had hoped for. His constant nagging about the mess she makes eventually drives her mad. Um, I, I don't know, is it, was she supposed to trophy wife a long time ago or is that just yeah. what we were like? Because one thing I've always thought about this, like she should be this bosom blonde or something yeah. and she looks just like an old woman. But it, none of that matters. This story is great. Because the whole time you're just watching this wife trying her best to clean the house. Um, trying her best to kind of appease this little, like, swarmy, yeah. like, uh, dude. But it's one of those ones where, like, she tries to clean and everything yeah. goes wrong. Like, she's trying to clean this, but then knocks over this. And mm-hmm. it's like, it almost becomes like one of those 80s teen romps where it's like a race against time. You know where the, they have the big party and the parents are coming home? Yeah, up the driveway. I, yeah, up the driveway. And they're racing to clean the house before the parents get home. It almost becomes that. And it's like, mm-hmm. but it just keeps on getting worse and worse and worse. And then the finale to this is just fantastic. It is amazing. It, it's great. Yeah, I love this one. Uh, number 33 for me is uh, Tales That Witness Madness, Mel. We talked about this. Like a man gets a woody yeah. is all I have written here. <laughs> uh, I love your notes. Uh, well, 32 we've already talked about is uh, Hair from okay. Body Bags 1993. Yeah, this one, I, I just it's all about Stacey yeah. Keach in this. He destroys you this, just, right? You know, you're with him trying to like solve his baldness yeah. problem. You feel for him. You feel for him and, you know. In his bald ways. And it just gets pretty uh, pretty twisted. Hair raising. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, 32, The House That Drip Blood, The Cloak. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you remember The fun, Cloak? Oh, yeah, that's a fun it's one. almost like this um, diva-esque actor yeah. who's finding like, no, no, this is not going to work. So he goes to this actual tailor and buys well, a he's cloak not, for he, himself. Yeah, during the movie yeah. production, he's not like, he's he's harping on like the, the production Everything. values of the, the setting and the walls. He is such a diva. And then, but, but the last straw is when they hand him his vampire costume. He's like, this isn't a vampire costume. This looks cheap and gaudy. I want authentic. So he goes to this uh, spooky tailor. There's a lot of creepy tailors in these tales, aren't there? Yeah. So he goes to the spooky tailor. He's like, well, you want this, but I got to wish you warn you that it uh, comes with a price. And like, ah, fuck it. Give it to me. So he puts it on and uh, he starts to change almost like irreversibly. So like, he's like, um, uh, doing a scene with his uh, younger buxom co-star and um, doesn't go that well. <laughs> yeah, the cloak will stand stills in him. Yeah. Vampiric. 
powers. Ingrid Pitt from, uh, you know, she did a lot of 70s Hammer mm-hmm. and horror stuff is in there. It also has a nice dig against Christopher Lee, which is a lot of fun. Is there? Yeah, he, he does something like the Dracula movies aren't like they used to be or something. It pretty much takes a dig <laughs> at the 70s. Oh, he's like throwing daggers at him, eh? Yeah. But Christopher Lee starred in that mm-hmm. film. Yeah. I think that one's just a lot of fun. Like yeah. It's, it's, it's another one that's kind of goofy. Because the actors kind of like makes it goofy, right? But like, even like once, good. you know, you yeah. st- the powers come into play, like it's it's kind of fun watching him fly and not mm-hmm. being control it and stuff like that. Uh, number 31 for me is The Accident from Southbound from 2015. Okay. Now, Southbound's another anthology. It's like, it's one of those ones where it works better as a whole because they kind yeah. of all connect. And the stories themselves don't necessarily well there there's a couple i could have included but i feel like they definitely work better as a whole but the accident is one that i think does work uh just well on its own and uh it's about a man's driving home at night he's distracted when he's talking to his wife on the phone and he runs down a young woman he calls 911 but is unable to tell them his location because he has no clue where he is so instead he is given directions on what to do by a certified medical team have you seen this one no i haven't it's very cool it's just I don't know if this is a real word, but I wrote darkly comedic and sickly twisted. <laughs> awesome. Because um, outside of the medical aspects, which seem realistic and are horrific, because yeah. anytime you know, you're dealing with like... you weird like body mutilation. Yeah. Um, so it takes a while like for the horror elements to come into play, because a lot of it's that story, which is just disturbing. But when they do, it's like, this is just really fucked up. Is it? Um, I don't want to spoil too much, okay. but... Um, yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll just say that maybe the people on the phone, the other line, aren't quite who you think they are, and get him to do things that maybe he shouldn't do. But anyways, uh, it's great. I recommend it. I don't want to spoil too much. But awesome. Watch Southbound if you haven't seen it. That whole anthology is good, and it's one of the better ones. Like every segment, it's on a it. ra- nice little uh, gets together kind of. Deal. Every segment on it is pretty much good. Um, pr- pretty much, it's these people that have done these things, and they're Southbound is pretty much they're in hell. Um, I'll, I'll just say okay. that. Um, but. Yeah, you need, you need to watch it. Awesome. Anyways, uh, number 31, Dr. Terror's House of Horror, Voodoo. Oh, nice. Do you remember this one? Oh, Where yeah, this, like, so uh, much fun. Almost like, uh, uh, I don't want to describe him. He's not smarmy, but he's almost like a fun-loving dude. Like, hey, I'm, I'm uh, this guy. Hey, I'm having fun. He's that guy. So he's like going to this place in Hawaii, and he's doing a uh, tour there. So he's there for like a month or so. Yeah. So he hears about this like voodoo guy he's a jazz musician did you mention that he's looking for that uh, new sound man that new thing something that swings so he uh, finds this voodoo tribe and he like goes to one of their uh, rituals and he's Mm -hmm. like sitting there like writing it down the camera pans to him He's sitting there like dancing and writing it down, pans back to the thing, pans back to him. And there's like a guy behind him. Yeah. And then he goes back to the thing and back and forth. It shows him like. And then the, there's like two guys behind him. Yeah, that's so goes good. Back and, forth. and he is, does, he's clueless. He's just, like beatboxing yeah. to it. And he ends up stealing this um, song and uh, it doesn't go well for him. What makes his tale is that guy is so charming. Oh, and he's so charming. And, and, and like just... bipping and bopping all over. It, I would say it's on my list. It's coming up very soon. Um, it's probably the most comedic one on my list. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. It's just so fun. The jazzy tunes are kind of fun. Mm-hmm. It kind of has that like um, beach, beach, uh, yeah, what are those? Beach, beach, bingo. Yeah, beach movies of the uh, 60s, 70s that were big. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just love that he's so likable but kind of ignorant of their customs mm-hmm. and like he's not necessarily a bad guy but at the he same time. He just doesn't time, care. Yeah. But the best thing is um, 
the scene you mentioned is great, but there's also a great scene where he's playing in the club and like this violent windstorm comes upon. Because yeah. all these crazy things keep on happening. These every time bad, that song. kind of bad things keep on happening as if he's cursed every time. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it probably stands out from the pact just because it is the most yeah. comedic. Um, this and the, there's a movie, The Golf Star, which didn't make my list, but it's really comedic too from uh, Dead of Night. Okay, yeah. Night, which is really fun too, but didn't quite make my list. Mm-hmm. Both of those are really comedic, but they both, a lot of people don't like that one either, but I think they both work because they're so different and they're, yeah. they're kind of fun. It's a nice little uh, a breath of fresh air when you're watching these uh, yeah, horror exactly. movies. Uh, number 30 for me, Breaking the 30 now, is Father's Day from Holidays 2016. I, yeah, that it is amazing, right? Like, this has no right to be as good as it is for the movie that it's in. Yeah. Do you know the, what I'm saying? Well, I will say Holidays kind of grew on me a bit on Did the second it? viewing. Yeah. But I still think there is some really, like, Kevin Smith's segment is unwatchable. Yeah. Uh, but this is a young woman uh, played by Jocelyn Donahue from uh, probably most famous from House of the Devil mm-hmm. fame. Uh, she receives a package in the mail from her father, whom she has not seen since she's a child. Inside is a cassette player with instructions from her past that, that will apparently lead to her father now. Um, this segment is, for the most part, dialogue-free outside of the the, the directions her father's giving her on the cassette player. And the cadence of his voice on this mm. uh, uh, cassette is so... Uh, it kind of reminds yeah. me of like that Evil Dead when they play the, the the recorder there. And it has this kind of rhythmic nature where it's like mm. this flow and you're just kind of going with it. It's almost relaxing, but at the same time, because she's walking you're building like to something. Because she's walking beach in the middle of the winter and it's kind of yeah. like dusk and what have you. You're waiting to see where it's going to go. Mm. Yeah, it just it keeps you engaged throughout. The only weakness I would say is that Builds and builds and yeah. builds, and I would. I feel like the finale doesn't live up to the hype. I was thinking that but it just like, kind of ends. Like I think if you had a better finale, this would have been like possibly top ten for yeah. me. Like I think the rest of it is that good, but I think the finale really hurts it, and that's mm-hmm. why it's number thirty. It just kind of goes up in a puff of smoke, but it is still fantastic, that, and that's why it is at least yeah, on my list. It is so um, you're you're drawn to it, like yeah. Well, if you enjoyed House of the Devil, yeah. where it is pretty much the same character just going around the house doing yeah. nothing for an hour, and that thing does the same thing it's like you should be bored and not enjoying this but you yeah. are and it's just it's tense and you're waiting for that so that horror element to pop in okay you're number 30 number 30 we're back at the cat's eye nice the ledge oh nice it is almost like uh rodney dangerfield should have been playing the role <laughs> of the gambler so yeah. this gambler kind of finds out that his wife has been sleeping with this yeah. dude so he's like hey listen i'm a gambler here uh fuck no matter what you do so i'll tell you what you walk along this edge. I'm going to give you five thousand dollars, and you can take my wife. I don't mind. Well, I, yeah. we should mention too that he he also blackmails him because yeah. the guy's a famous tennis player, and he has a suitcase full of drugs. And he's like, "I'll call the cops and say, uh, you know, yeah. I found this with you. Yeah, if you don't do this." So he kind of all right goes along the ledge. As he's going along the ledge, he's playing these like ridiculous pranks and like hitting with a fire hose, yeah, blowing like a trumpet in his ear, <laughs> and it's just so fun. And he's like almost like joking he's having such a good jovial time when this guy is like on the edge about to die on the edge of his life yeah literally yeah and I guess like the the sign he has to crawl along the sign the sign comes down almost like a there's birds that are flying almost knocking at him yeah it's so that's like Mm -hmm. such a tense segment yeah um, but also kind of like Goofy, again funny in a way. as the yeah the crime guy kind of harasses him the crime boss and the end is kind of brutal isn't it yeah brutal yeah like it's like there is a comeuppance in there but then it's still not necessarily a the happy ending. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that may be higher. Fuck, Matty, you're stealing my whole list here. All right. My, like, top 20 is just going to be like, you've already talked about <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll speed along, man. Yeah, that's true. 
Uh, 29 for me, you just talked about Voodoo from oh, nice. Terror's House of Horror. I think we pretty much uh, said everything that needs to be said. It's just so much fun, yeah. Yeah, dude. All right, number 29 for me, Trilogy of Terror, Amelia. This is such <laughs> a great uh, scene because it's pretty much just, is it Karen Black? It's Karen Black. By yeah. herself. Like, yeah. she's talking on the phone. And just like, this is a testament to how great she is as an yeah. actress. That like, she is just kind of by herself and you are kind of terrified well, for her the entire time. And she, even at the beginning when she's talking to, to her, her overbearing mother who is like, she pretty much has to cancel yeah. her anniversary date or something yeah, so. and she bought this gift for her her boyfriend mm-hmm. because of her mother. Like you can tell that yeah. her mother controls her life. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I did want to mention Karen Black, yes, she is in the, she does the star all of three, all three. Yeah. And I think they're all great. I know some people think this is the and only she one. She plays like two roles in one so she yeah. has like four roles I in think, this movie. I think yeah. like she's good in, all, mm-hmm. I think all the segments have their yeah charm you know, any one of them could have snuck in my list yeah mm-hmm. for sure. but this one is great because the actual uh zuni fetish, fetish doll. Doll, yeah that comes to life and he actually is kind of like spooky right with the, the jarring teeth and oh he's yeah. totally menacing like you mm-hmm. you it's not this isn't like a cheesy little like yeah. like this doll is slicing her yeah. up and chasing and he, her and like he takes a paring knife yeah. to her which is kind of and creepy, even when right? she doesn't she try to throw him yeah. a suitcase and he cuts all that mm-hmm. like this he's just like an angry hyped up little killer I doll I love movies where puppets come alive like that's one of yeah. my like uh, go-to's like that's why uh, I think I have a few in here and puppets and mannequins mm-hmm. when they come alive I'm uh, in my, my glory and uh, yeah like this doll doll is not wise cracking doing witty one-liners mm. he's just there yeah, to like it, slice and dice up um yeah, the ending. I nice bet you little was... cap on the end too, right? <laughs> and the, yeah, the ending. I could see that kind of being a little shocking for its time. Mm-hmm. I do. I do want to mention because this this one I'm going to talk about in a bit too. There is a sequel in this one in uh, Trilogy of Terror Two from 1996. Same thing where they had a different actress do all the roles. Yeah, it wasn't that actress Karen... is not Karen Black and she's not as good. Yeah, um, but and it is kind of fun. It didn't make my list the sequel because um, it's just not as good. Yeah, was it made for TV as yeah, well? Yeah, kind of. It is. It kind of has those '90s TV aesthetics. Mm-hmm. Um, so so acting, but it was directed by Dan Curtis as well. But um, yeah, this is the real. This is the big one for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it will be we'll a be little t- higher up on your yeah, list. Yeah, I think I think it's a great one. So my number twenty-eight, we just mentioned Father's Day. Well, we're going to mention it again, but only this is from Creep Show, nineteen eighty-two. Uh, the descendants of a miserable old patriarch who was murdered years earlier get together for their annual dinner. Um, this one has, uh, you get some flashbacks. You learn that the, the daughter murdered uh, the old guy after putting up with this constant abuse for years. Not to mention he had her sweetheart murdered. But yeah, this is years later. You get a magnificent dance sequence from Ed Harris there. Yeah, yeah. And that's pretty much all you need to know. You have a really cool looking zombie, Tom mm-hmm. Cena f- effects there. Who comes back to not only get his revenge, <laughs> but, to but also cake. to demand cake. The cake that he wanted. Where's my cake? That is so weird, Where's, right? <laughs> like that was what drove her to the death because on Father's mm-hmm. Day, he just kept on demanding this cake that she was trying to make. The final image, I won't spoil, but it's it's iconic. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, yeah. Well, what's not to love about this one? The only problem I have with this one is like most of these are about come up and says yeah. getting your retribution this is the opposite that guy was a terrible guy yeah that got what he deserved but then he comes back and gets revenge on these people mm-hmm. when it's like he is the terrible guy yeah and again but she kind of murdered him too in a way you know so it's... she did but he murdered her husband yeah her boyfriend and Does he's put a gravestone on someone's head that was this one right where yeah like, yeah uh, someone falls in the grave mm-hmm. and he Pushes uses top kinetic powers or something it falls on them and that's a great scene too yeah. right this is one again that like it's always been my least favorite of the creep show but it it's actually grown on me quite a bit oh, yeah? on last viewing I, I think the story isn't as 
is uh, interesting as some of the other ones, but it's just got so many cool moments yeah. that I had to put it up here. And I, yeah, it's high up on my list. Yeah, fair enough, man. I can't I can't blame you on that at all. Number twenty eight for me is Body Bags. The Eye. <laughs> oh, nice. It's a great one. Luke Skywalker is this famous pitcher. <laughs> and I guess he has this injury where he uh, loses his eye. So he somehow gets this new uh, revolutionary transplant. Well, the body bags a lot of revolutionary transplants, isn't it? Yeah. Where uh, the eye, it belonged to a serial killer. So as he's uh, seeing these jarring visions of him doing terrible things to his family, and it kind of gets a bit crazy near the end, and uh, there's a nice little ending there where he has to... Uh, well, it's get, a very b- dark story and it ending. It really is. But, like, Mark Hamill kills it, right? He's and there's great a scene, too, where he's, like, making love to his wife, and it's, like, pretty messed up. <laughs> yeah. He's seeing the terrible things that this serial killer has did. done. Cool. Um, yeah, that one did not make my list, but it was very, very mm-hmm. close. I'm glad you included it. Okay, 27. You've already talked about it. The Man Who Collected Poe. Oh, nice. Torture Guard, 1967. It's really the... Jack Palance, yeah, and sparring about Peter Cushing that really make that uh, the episode, but the ending is is a really cool, getting little gothic ending <laughs> surprise there. Oh, getting little poners over. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> he got pwned. <laughs> I'll be here all night, folks. <laughs> okay, Maddie, twenty seven, twenty seven, Asylum, the weird tailor. Okay, Do you remember yeah, yeah, this yeah, story? Yeah, it is fucked up because there was like twofold well, this is great this uh taylor is uh struggling to pay rent he can't do it at times are tough this weird dude comes in and say listen i need you to make this suit for my son but here is a list of things you have to do to make this suit like you can only make it between like midnight and like 4 30 and there's a uh, rules that he has to follow like all right i've done this like i'm going to give you uh, five thousand what have you you're gonna need it so he drops off the suit and there's a great twist ending where, uh, yeah, I don't want to give it away, I, but I, it's the, the ending is kind of what makes it awesome for see, me. Yeah, uh, for me, that one was close to make my list, which is mm-hmm. like literally outside the, the top fifty there. But I always feel like, like again, it's such this really cool, interesting idea, and I never feel like it lives up to it. Like the ending was missing something for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I do love the I, whole like I, I did him making the suit where it's almost like glows in the yeah. dark, and like yeah, all the different rules like you have to do magical it from suit. midnight to this time, and it has to be done by this time. And you have to use this special fabric and all this stuff. And mm-hmm. then I love the idea of what he needs it for and everything. But yeah, I, I don't know. It's just missing something. I don't know that for me. the ending I thought it was made it for me. Like I love the idea of yeah. I cool. don't want to give anything away, but. Uh, number 26 for me is Poetic Justice from Tales from the Crypt 1972. Sweet. This is possibly one of the most emotional, like, I just feel so terrible for Peter Cushing in this. It's a really dark one. Uh, it's about a kind old man played by Peter Cushing is despised by two snobbish neighbors who eventually drive him to suicide. Um, yeah, this is just his old man. He plays with kids. He de- he builds things for the kids. Yeah, he's just a he's kindly just old neighbor. kind old, yeah, lonely neighbor. And these two snobbish neighbors take offense that maybe his house isn't as polished as his yeah. lawn isn't as is uh, taken care of as, as well as they're theirs. trying to rejectify the neighborhood. Yeah, and they yeah. want it. They want to get him out. So it's just kind of this slower segment, just with this huge payoff. Though and they mm-hmm. they taunt him just like in they terrible way. Cruel. They to have him, him like they? he loses his job. They call him a molester and stuff. Yeah, like they that? pretty much have it that like can he convince they convince the neighbors mm-hmm. that the kids shouldn't play with him, even though that's the only like joy he gets. In I think life. don't they have his dog taken yeah. away? And it gets just darker and darker. And eventually they mess with the val- they send a bunch of Valentine's Day cards pretending to be from the neighborhood. Yeah. that are just so cruel Vile. and and just terrible. 
and uh, that leads to a suicide. And just when they you find him hanging there, it's just I don't know, man. Yeah. Any hanging in a horror film just it kind of jars makes you, right? me feel uncomfortable. But of course, the amazing ending and payoff. You get a yeah. nice little. Uh, but would that be a poem with yeah. a Valentine's Day card? I won't spoil it, but uh, it all it's all a, very a cool. Poems named after Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm kidding. Um, it's one of those ones that again, it, it takes you on this roller coaster ride of emotions. Like it starts mm-hmm. out one way, it's just this kind of man, and then it's just it gets so cruel and hurtful, but and then, then you, you get, get that, that nice, nice little payoff. Button. So it it does the ups and downs, and it, it's fantastic. That's another one that I didn't love upon first viewing, and as I get older, it starts know, to get more and more. And real. I didn't mention too; it, it, it's even more effective when you learn that Peter Cushing's wife like had actually right? died during the making of that film, yeah. but he wanted to keep on working. So you can kind of see that in his eyes, in his He's eyes, got the sadness there. I think, yeah, I think in the story too, you find out that he had a wife and she died. And mm-hmm. I think you see a picture on the the desk or something, but it's, it's probably one of the actual better yeah. segments uh, in here. That's not just fun, but is actually really well made. Actually, like a good story yeah. too. Twenty six for me. From VHS 2, Slumber Party Alien Abduction. Okay. I like the idea of uh, these kids filming. And again, as I said before, like stuff in the background, you're like, didn't mm-hmm. I just see that? And it kind of gets a bit like, oh my God, like you see stuff in the windows, kind of like oh, yeah. uh, figures in the windows when they kind of realize stuff's going down. Mm-hmm. And I love the idea of um, kids at a party. They're having fun. They're like trying to videotape the sister getting naked. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> they videotape him. Uh, in the acts of onanism, <laughs> I'm trying to think. Himself. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like a polite way to say it with a little little guy here. <laughs> and then it all goes Shit awry. Goes yeah, yeah. It's again one of those ones that like once it starts, it doesn't really let off. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it's cool seeing an alien invasion In from the real point of view. Life. Yeah, like what it would be, how chaotic mm. it would be. My only problem is it's almost too chaotic. I think the yeah. camera's swinging everywhere, and a lot of time you don't know what the hell's going on. But. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about this. Like, there's um, these guys would be a lot higher up my list. Well, we'll talk about this later. Let's uh, we'll get into this later because I have this um, I'm not a diatribe, but something like that. <laughs> but yeah, it, it is. It's one of those ones where like it works really well because of found footage, mm-hmm. but then the found footage is also some of my problems with it. Yeah, you know I mean, like it's it's a mixed bag. This one, I think the found footage works better than some of the other ones for me. Well, that one, I think the found footage actually um, does a good job it of putting in the it. scene. Yeah. It, yeah, it doesn't feel like, because some of the other ones, it feels like the found footage is an afterthought, whereas yeah. that one, it feels like that is the main, let's do a found footage and what it would be like from the point of view of yeah. an alien invasion. So, uh, so I guess we're breaking the big top 25 oh. here. We're at the halfway point. Hopefully, you guys are still with us. You're not bored yet. Literally Hopefully, you have done. a list of... Uh, Segments you've been writing down, maybe some anthologies you didn't know about. Number 25 for me is Time Out from the Twilight Zone movie from 1983. We want to play a little game called Kick the Can. <laughs> is that that one? No. Oh, I thought it was. That's uh, the Spielberg one. That one's uh, that one's fine. It's yeah. probably the worst of the bunch. Just yeah. It's so sentimental. It doesn't feel like it yeah. fits. But this is a bitter racist man finds himself suffering through the shoes of those that he hates as he travels oh, right, back right, to right, Nazi right. Germany, a lynching in the Vietnam War. Um, this segment unfortunately gets overlooked due to the terrible accident yeah. that happened on set where Vic Morrow and the two young Vietnamese kids were killed, killed brutally. I think they were decapitated by one of the helicopters. You know, they, they were landed to St. Town, the helicopter to go get down and went too low and, yeah. and crashed and lost control and actually killed the people on set. I feel like that's all everyone talks about. 
But I don't know. It doesn't feel too jarring. It doesn't feel like I know they didn't get to film everything, and I think they had to change I the think ending. That's why it kind of like doesn't work for me. Like it just feels like it's jilted a little bit. I, I could see that, but I still think it's pretty effective. Like still, I, I think at the beginning you got all the you know he's such a terrible mm-hmm. racist guy at the bar, and he's just saying all the stuff. And there's like black yeah. people right beside him, and yeah. an Asian guy over here, and it's like, whoa, you can't say yeah. that. You know, I think all that's effective, but then like all of a sudden when he comes out the bar and he's in Nazi Germany mm. and he's part of lynching, it's all like, holy shit, like it really shows how crazy this guy is yeah. when he's talking, oh, I didn't get the job. Again, kind of relevant now. And it's like, well, these people had to go through this and these <laughs> yeah. people had to go through this and these people had to go through this. Your complaints are nothing. They're so like, <laughs> yeah, you know. You're the equivalent of Kyle complaining that he can't pick more than 50 for yeah. his... <laughs> I don't want to use the word white privilege because I hate because you term. can't pronounce it. <laughs> um, but you, you kind of get that in this where it's like you know he's complaining because he didn't get the mm-hmm. the position to someone else, but and then it shows you what these people had to go through. But um, yeah, I, I do think that I mean even the ending I think is still effective. I know they had mm-hmm. to change it, but I think what it ends on really works for me. I don't yeah. know. It's like you know where he's going, where he's headed. And you know where he's, he sees his buddies outside the bar, and he's yeah trying to get trying to bang attention. get their attention. I don't know. I think it still works. Yes, I, I understand where some are saying it is a bit kind of maybe it's missing yeah. a couple moments that would have helped make it you know really stand out. Yeah. But um, I don't know. Just when you see like wow, the what Nazi people Nazi yeah. had to go through and a lynching and all that stuff, you know, more a little bit it's rough, pretty fucked eh? up. So yeah, I don't know. I think it's a it's an important tale for our times. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twenty five for me, uh, Dead of Night. Bobby. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's amazing. So this grief-stricken mother um, kind of uh, performs a seance to bring her boy back. Yeah. And it works. Yeah. Maybe it works. And it kind of uh, gets a little bit... uh, Well, she uses dark magic, I guess. Yeah, you never use dark magic. I love (laughs) black candles, man. Like, they're always, like, burning (laughs) black candles in these things. You notice that? Yeah. And I guess um, she brings back her boy, Bobby, and it turns out that, like... uh, he maybe he's not quite. Yeah, the, everything isn't quite what it seems. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Because even the mom isn't quite what she seemed, was she? Mm-hmm. So, and we should mention works. this is from Dead at Night, nineteen seventy-seven, yeah. not the forty-five. one. Yes, this is a Dan Curtis. I had a hard time finding the uh, for forty-five one crowns with you. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah it, well, it just actually just got a Blu-ray release uh, okay. in Kino. So, but yeah, we were probably in this. Yeah. We were near the end here when it was released. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, I agree. It's a fantastic story. There's something mm-hmm. about kids that are... Evil kids, man. Evil kids, I'm telling yeah. you. Uh, the acting's a little bit cheesy, but it's not bad. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. Like, I thought you did a good job of kind of... Uh, the kid was a bit like, oh, yeah. okay, well... But just when he's stalking yeah. her through the house, yeah. like, there's some very effective moments yeah. of terror. Like, you're... I don't know. It's you're kind of scared. Creepy. It kind of actually has that... Um, I was thinking, too, similarities to Pet Cemetery. I wonder if yes. King yeah. was influenced by this, because it's both about a grieving parent yeah. that brings their kid back, and the kid isn't, you know, you get the, yeah, have to deal with the consequences of, you know, yeah, bringing someone, a kid back from the dead. Yeah, that's why I kind of um, fell in love with this, yeah. actually. And I will say they remade this, um, they did this, redid this segment in Trilogy of Terror 2. Dan oh, Curtis okay. did it again. But again, wasn't as good. It's it's very similar. Now, you could, I could see someone preferring the other. I think they both have their plus and minuses, but I think this one edges out just because that seventies aesthetic I think mm-hmm. works better, and it's a little bit less campy. The acting's a little bit better. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, you're just pretty much doing my whole top of my <laughs> list. So I'm gonna have All nothing right. to talk about soon. Number twenty four for me. You've already talked about it, the cloak from the House of Trip Blood, nineteen seventy one. Yeah, I don't think I have much. To say other than um, you know, I think that it's all about that performance by John Pertwee. His he just has this lively, charming yeah. kind of dickish. But 
I don't know. I love that. It looks like he had fun making that segment, and I think that's why it works so well. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, you've pretty much talked about it. Oh, nice. Uh, 24 from Tales of Halloween, The Night That Billy Raised Hell. Oh, that's a good one. I thought it was great. This kid is, um, he's kind of uh, egged on to uh, egg a house by his Mm -hmm. uh, friends. Like, what are you, a chicken? I'm not a chicken. I'll show you. So the guy who owns the house brings him in and like, oh, you fucked with the wrong guy, Billy. Yeah, he catches him like egging his house or whatever. Satan, and he kind of... uh, Makes him do a lot of uh, weird stuff, like it's like fun. Well, like, he takes him out on yeah, Halloween, and they yeah. do a bunch of Devil's Night shit. Yeah, and it's almost like it starts off fun, but then it kind of gets crazier and crazier. Oh, like yeah, yeah. he ends up like like murdering a guy and like robbing a store, and yeah. uh, it gets like crazier and crazier. And the ending is fantastic. Yeah, one. like that one. Well, the, the whole thing is good, but the ending is what makes like it. stealing a cop's gun and whatnot. Like it's yeah. just kind of uh, almost like the end of Scarface. How it just kind of gets blown up out of proportion. Yeah. this one definitely gets blown up. I, I'm glad you had that because yeah. there is like four Tales of Halloween segments. That that's another one that I did in. not like. That and thought like I did oh, not enjoy good. it really at all. I was so disappointed with that. That was going to be like top ten for the year for me, and I didn't like it. It might have made your top ten. Yeah, I really. And on it. this revisit, like I just I had a blast with it. like I yeah. think it's great now. Like I. I think it's easily like an eight out of ten. Mm-hmm. Not as good as Trick or Treat, but it's like it's yeah, still it's up, it's there. up there. I think like other than maybe a story or two, they're all good. And even yeah. those ones aren't terrible. I, I don't mind. Like the one with the uh, Jason versus the aliens was kind of silly, yeah. but I still don't mind yeah. it. But there was four of them that could have made my list, and unfortunately, none yeah. of them did. I'm embarrassed to say, like they're all yeah. just shy. So hopefully, you have a, a few more on there. But uh, that one was one that would have made my list. It was close to making my list. Crazy. Uh, 23 for me, The Drop of Water from Black Sabbath, 1963. Oh, amazing. Um, after being called in the middle of the night to prepare a recently deceased woman for burial, a nurse steals a sapphire ring from the body and whilst doing so knocks over a glass of water. The dripping sound begins to haunt her throughout the night as do other strange occurrences in her flat. This is Bava at his best. Like Black Sabbath, Sabbath. Best. all three of these stories are fantastic. All three could have made my list. It's all about the colors and just, oh man, that this oozes atmosphere it in every frame. It is so good. And the that, corpse, that drip will, yeah, will yeah. seep into your brain. Like, I watched this and I actually, the first time I watched this, like, I had nightmares of that drip haunting yeah. me. It is going to infest your brain. And that corpse looks so crazy because her eyes are almost like oh, open and she has this yeah. sinister grin on her face. Yeah, it the is creepy, so good. It's like this, I think it's just a mask, but it's so yeah. creepy and effective. It reminds me of Zelda from Pet yes. Cemetery. Now they reference to Pet Cemetery. It's like that, the way you remember her looking that film, yeah. is, that's this face will haunt you. And just the colors of it and like yeah. it's shot beautifully. Well, it has a sense of dread that just increases mm. at a rapid pace yeah. throughout the story too. And like, the colors and the staging and everything yeah it, it's great it's and there's great. a nice little button on the end of it too like when uh, <laughs> yeah yeah she's yeah I don't want to give anything away but yeah it's good it's awesome man um, 23 from VHS the sick thing to happen to Emily when she was younger okay I love the idea of just people chatting on like a webcam what, okay. a, what a novel idea and the fact that she turns it to capture like the ghosts that are happening in our house mm. I thought was so spooky and like uh, kind of jarred me a little bit like oh, I think that like, was the first the one to do it it has been yeah. done quite a bit now yeah, I mean yeah. we have a whole franchise what is that franchise Unfriended called or, yeah uh, where the whole thing is done that way yeah and it was so done so well and it's great it's only like 10 minutes if that and there's a nice little uh, button and yeah like end. she thinks she's there's a supernatural element or yeah. something going on in her house, right? And she's she's, kinda, there's ghosts that are happening yeah. in her house. And you definitely see like ghosts happening in the background. Mm-hmm. You see like, doors slamming and things are going on for sure. Yeah. You don't know what. And uh, Yeah. Uh, no, that's, that's yeah. a good one too. It's, and it helps that she is charming and cute as hell, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 really, I really enjoyed that one. 
number 22 for me, you just talked about it, Bobby from Dead and Night 1977. The only thing I wanted to add is, uh, again, I think Dead and Night is another great anthology. Yeah. The first segment, I don't know if I'll make your list, called Second Chances. I, it almost did. It like, almost it made my list. A lot of people don't like it because yeah. it's not horror. It's about but this it's man so that like a, travels back charming. in time. Almost and, like a, a Magnificent Tales. Or it could be like a Twilight tales. Zone. Yeah. Or, yeah, he travels back in time to change history. Yeah, Ed, Ed Begley too, um, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, All of Dead and Night is great, but um, this is the one for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we've, we've already talked about yeah. it. I mean, it's just, uh, it's really good and creepy and, it just has that sense of dread throughout that works for me. My number 22 is one we've already talked about from uh, Tales from the Crypt. I Wish You Were Here. Oh, with nice. the, the uh, China doll and everything yeah. goes wrong. And uh, that ending was so... How terrible do you feel for the husband? You, or even for the wife, because yeah. she's the one that has to live with this too. And Forever. Like, and she's trying to, yeah. you know, she's not trying to yeah. hurt her husband. It's, it's just, someone that she absolutely loves and uh, yeah. is trying to do right by. Oh man, what a great ending. Yeah. Like. I think that is probably the darkest ending of any of these, right? Like, yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, it would be, it would be pretty terrible. Uh, number twenty-one. Not only is like, well, he's going to eventually die. He is immortal. He's going yeah. to be for the rest of his life. Like, what a crazy, crazy idea. Uh, number twenty-one for me. We've talked about it. Quitters Inc. from uh, nice. Cat's Eye, nineteen eighty-five. It's such an insane, high concept story. Yeah, but it works. This tense thriller of like, are they watching him? Are they not? Is he paranoid? Yeah. Yeah, it's great. I just, I can't believe, like, it's not like, you know, we're going to hurt you or something. It's like, no, we're going to rape your wife. Like, yeah, yeah, they actually, they go from zero to 60 yeah, real yeah, quickly. Yeah. Uh, Maddie, you're number 21. 21, Tales from the Hood, Boys Do Get Bruises. Okay, nice. nice. It is uh, pretty much this uh, teacher who finds out this kid who's kind of suffering bruises. And he's like, what's going on? He's like, there's a monster in my closet. And he's like, oh, it's not a monster. Yeah, but, he like, thinks the... It, it it turns out that his stepdad is abusing him. He actually is a monster in his house. Yeah. With his dad, and uh, in his mind's eye, he is this monster. So he draws it. it yeah, the way he great. defeats him is kind of yeah. cool. And there was one almost like a heartbreaking scene where he's getting bullied at school as well, mm-hmm. where he um, figures out his superpower and he gets revenge on the bully. And it's like, oh, they just yeah. did that. That yeah. is so rough. Like. There's a creepy moment too, where like the dad is coming in, you you see it at, from his point of view, yeah. and it's really creepy of this monster yeah. coming into his room. And this guy is a vile man, like uh, what's really David Allen, David Greer. Allen Greer, <laughs> like which, from Blank Man, and like in and Living color. color, yeah, it's such a and he one eighty, and he's great. He is so good, like, Jumanji as well. He is a monster in this movie. Yeah, like, he's yeah. punching his wife. I would have never thought shit. he no. could have did that, and role. he did it crazy good. Yeah. And like there was a great scene where like. He gets his comeuppance, and like the uh, graphics and yeah. the effects are so good. Well, it's a tough watch, and like yeah. Tales from the Hood, which is so good at doing these real stories, yeah. but blending fantastical elements yeah. in there. Uh, okay, we're breaking the top twenty here. Number twenty for me from uh, from Beyond the Grave, The Gate Crasher. Okay. Uh, after purchasing an old mirror from an antique shop, Amicus staple David Warner holds a séance at his home which ends up transporting him to another world where he is confronted by a sinister being who demands that he murder people oh, so crazy, he can right? feed. You know it's black candles as well in this one? Yeah. Weird, right? <laughs> um, this is a surprisingly dark tale. Yeah. And one of the few anthologies that I, I could actually see expanded to like full length mm-hmm. where he has to murder various people. Yeah. Like, I think it starts out as call girls or prostitutes. It turns out to us like it has to be a loved yeah. one or something like that. <clears throat> but he's murdering people and then bringing it in front of the mirror and it, it just gets darker and darker and more messed up and, and violent and the figure in the mirror is really well done where it's like this creepy looking guy with the yeah. smoke and everything and the fog 
and yeah, he delivers this believable performance as someone that doesn't necessarily want to do this, but he's kind of forced yeah. to do it. I mean, it's got a fun little ending too. Uh, yeah, from Beyond the Grave, it? man. It's it's yeah, that's a good check one. Check that isn't one out. It? Yeah, uh, from twenty, uh, number twenty, from Vault of Horror is the Midnight Mass. Oh, nice. Yeah, Do you remember this one where his uh, the brother goes to like I guess like um, Transylvania to kill his sister to inherit everything. Oh, nice. Yeah. Then he's like, oh well, then, you know, all this murders made me a little bit peckish. So he goes down to this uh, hall. You notice the streets are just empty. Yeah. But the well, they one... they say like you yeah. you're not allowed up past certain time, yeah. and like the restaurant is the only thing open. Yeah. So he goes and gets uh, something to eat, and it turns out. Uh, it's not what do you have Yeah, the town here. is not what it seems. But there are some great shots of like uh he looks in a mirror and he realizes what's going on. Yeah, he's like what well, the fuck? And I think like, the ending too of what they do to him is such a unique idea yeah. for that monster to shall we say drain <laughs> Like it's such a, it's such a cool idea. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, uh, yeah. It's a great one. That it one really was so is. close to making my list. It's such a great one too. I kind of wish that they actually filmed what happened rather than just kind of showed the stills on the one I have. Well, yeah, sorry. So the DVD, they do do that on the Blu-ray. They did yeah. fix that. The Screen Factory read this on Blu-ray and they did, and it, you do actually get to see oh, it. Oh, sweet. Yeah, so my number 19, and this is the last one I believe from From Beyond the Grave. Oh, wow. Is Two that your favorite one? I don't know. I have three yeah. from it. Uh, this one's called The Elemental. And this is this pompous man is interrupted on his train ride by a batty old woman who claims to be a psychic. She tells him that it is an elemental on his shoulder. Yeah, that's amazing. He ignores her erratic claims until incidents start happening in his home, including his wife being attacked by an unknown force. But it's such a kooky yeah. tale. We never see what this well, elemental is. Like, this is what you can do it for so cheap. Yeah, exactly. It's such a great idea where you can do it for no budget. But... Yeah, when he goes home and she's getting like, she gets bitten and she's like, what are you doing? He's like, I didn't do it. Yeah. And all this weird stuff started happening where he, like, maybe she's telling the truth. Yeah. And he has to call on this woman to, like, exercise the elemental from him. And it's really cool where there's all this furniture and plates flying and wind and everything, this great exorcism scene. I don't know. The fact that the elemental is never shown doesn't really make it any less yeah. effective. Like, if anything, it works better because maybe if they showed yeah, it, it would have been cheesy. But uh, yeah, I just love these stories where, like, such a creative idea, but done for nothing. No yeah. practical effects needed, really. And yeah, it's just so much fun. Like the old kooky old woman, like she just has that kind of crazy old cat lady mm-hmm. look to her, and and the guys are so pompous. I, I don't know. I, I love this story, and I love the uh, the idea behind it. It'd be a good double feature with the the one with the fairies because they're oh, both yeah. they're both the same way, and that they both don't yeah. really show it. But you got to use your imagination. Yeah, if you can use your imagination, get past that. They have really cool ideas and mythology there. So yeah. Awesome. Uh, number 19 from Asylum is Frozen Fear. Oh, nice. So I guess there is a husband and wife who have some money, and there's a girlfriend, and the husband and girlfriend conspire to murder his wife. Mm-hmm. And they uh, don't know what to do with the body, so they just pretty much hack her up, wrap her in like um, old newspaper, and put her in the freezer. Yeah, until they can get rid of the body, dispose the body, yeah. Things happen where I guess... One of the uh, things that the uh, wife was interested in was voodoo, and uh, she slowly starts coming back to life. All these body parts just slowly rolling around, like a hand is clearing, a head is rolling around. It's so ridiculous and cheesy, but but it it works so well. Like, I don't understand, like, why this worked for me, but it did. Like, I loved it. Yeah. And it's such a weird looking thing to see, like, a head wrapped in newspaper rolling around. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, number 18 for me is Meet Sam from Trick or Treat 2007. Nice. 
uh, let's be honest, Trick or Treat is awesome and all the, it I'm, works so well because of all the pumpkins yeah. and every frame and the decorations and the costumes and the Halloween feel. But it also works because Sam is probably the most iconic horror yeah. villain character we've seen in like 20 years. Yeah. And uh, yeah, this is pretty much where he gets to shine. Uh, mean old man who hates Halloween is visited by Sam and Sam's going to teach him the true meaning of Halloween. Um, I have it down as Craig the bus driver. Sure. Is that what it's called? Meet Sam? I think it's called Meet Sam, but okay. it doesn't matter. It might, it might be one of those ones that yeah. doesn't have an official an actual name. title. But it just has so many memorable moments yeah. that I don't want to spoil them all, but you get to see what Sam looks like underneath his mask. And it I'll is say. amazing. I love just the, yeah. the fun nature of the character. Yeah. He's attacking with like a, a jack o' lantern candy, candy that's like eaten that's now sharp. Um, there's a cool scene where the guy go- comes leaves his house, comes in, and is all over his walls. It's written trick or treat, yeah. smell my feet, that whole. Um, poem is poem, it poem yeah. or whatever jingle is all over his walls and then there's like a pumpkin that bl- fire blazes out of it um, oh, yeah it's, it, it's just so cool and and just the ending of it too yeah why he leaves him is it, just great because he feels like he's discovered the true meaning now <laughs> but the only reason I feel like it's not higher sorry the only reason it's not higher for me is I feel like you kind of need to watch the movie as a whole to really appreciate it I was thinking that like this was uh, because this story also connects to one in the middle uh, an earlier Earlier segment so to get the full uh, appreciation Mm -hmm. of the story and who this guy old man is outside of someone that doesn't appreciate Halloween Halloween. there's more to his story you need to watch the whole movie so that's why it's not higher but it it is still really really cool yeah still amazing uh, my number 18 from Twilight Zone is a Terra 500 feet, 5,000 oh, nice. feet. Yeah. This is amazing. John Lithgow absolutely destroys this movie, right? Oh, yeah. He is so good. And even the monster looks So it's 20,000 feet. It's 20,000 feet? Yeah. All right. Yeah, anyways, it is awesome, right? Yeah. Like the uh, tear he feels, you actually feel for him. Oh, yeah. And as he slowly... The monster. Well, the, he's got a fewer flying already, yeah. and then on top of it, you had a gremlin outside destroying the plane that slowly, no one believes him. Slowly see it coming. Like, you don't see much of it. Almost yeah. like Jaws. Like, is that what? Is that yeah. what I think? And then it kind of slowly gets more and more yeah. in his face. And it's well, so I think good. even up to the end, you yeah. you get a full. You kind of get like a glimpse with the, the, the lightning hits. Yeah. But like, yeah, for the most part, you don't get a good look at yeah. it, which I think is kind of cool. Uh, we should mention this is a remake of the. Uh, they do originally this for the Twilight Zone series starring William Shatner. Yeah. I'm embarrassed that I haven't watched it. I'm going through my Twilight oh, Zone. Yeah. I haven't made it to that season. I think it's season five, one of the later seasons. So that's like 500 episodes in it. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, they they did like 30-something episodes yeah. a season back then. But, uh, yeah, it, I agree. It's, it's good, great. right? Uh, it's directed by George Miller of uh, Mad oh, Max fame. awesome. And, uh, yeah, I will say John Lithgow, his performance is maybe a little over the top, but it, it doesn't that's matter. It works it, for this, yeah. yeah. And the gremlin, I think, you know, looks cool and menacing. I like the and, monster in this yeah. one. It may be uh, higher up on oh, okay. the list. Okay, we can talk about this later. 17. Number 17 is another trick-or-treat for me. Oh. I will say I believe this is the highest they go, though. And again, I could have put them all in there, and they could have been higher, but yeah. I feel, again, they take the most out of it. But this is uh, a group of trick-or-treaters take Rhonda. Sorry, this one's Halloween School Bus Massacre Revisited. Oh, yeah. Uh, a group of trick-or-treaters take Rhonda, enthusiastic Halloween fanatic, uh, said to be a savant to a local query where they recall the urban legend of the Halloween school bus massacre in hopes of scaring her. They hit- this is great because they're all like collecting pumpkins yeah. as they're going along and they have just like a shopping cart and wagons just full of pumpkins. And you get them like stopping yeah. at the teacher's party yeah. and you see some the teacher's doing some a wild little bit drunk and, uh... stuff. Um, I, I think I really like this because like The Fog, which is one of my favorite horror yeah. films, it kind of has that campfire tale yeah. feel to it. Which literally we get where they 
tell story the, uh, of the bus driver. Yeah, the story of, of what happened at this quarry, where pretty much you find out that this bus driver was hired by the parents. They couldn't deal with their mentally kids. challenged kids, yeah. so they hired him to kill them all. By, um, yeah, and that scene is so fucking uh, good, And man. even the, yeah, they look creepy already, because they're all in like these old Halloween costumes masks. that they made. Yeah, but yeah, the, this segment just oozes atmosphere yeah. just by the bucket loads in every every frame in there yeah. and uh yeah the the kids are going to pull a prank on her but she may have the last laugh i'll say yeah. that um yeah th- this one works on many levels it works it's kind of fun it works on that kind of f- campfire tail mm-hmm. feel but then it also has some kind of creeping disturbing moments and yeah, yeah it's it, great if i was going to choose one to watch on halloween night this may be the perfect for one, yeah. sure yeah, that atmosphere, it just kills it, right? Yeah. Uh, where am I? 17? Yes, sir. VHS 2, Safe Haven. Okay, nice. This actually might be crazy high up my list because this story is so Yeah, I'm surprised it's so low on your list. But the fact that it's like a found footage, I found kind of annoying. Okay. Do you know what I'm saying? I kind of yeah. wish it was just like a story yeah. that they told without the found footage. But again, it wouldn't be part of I, VHS I don't, too. I, don't, I feel like this one where the found footage doesn't hurt. Though. I never no, feel like the camera's swinging around. I think it did, yeah, yeah. I was kind of like, I kind of wanted to see more... Okay. of the story rather than the fine footage but it is so good right like yeah. when they go and they line up all the guys have the guns in their head and just pow and they all well, so this is what this uh, the story of this one is a group of college students mm. shoot a documentary about an Indonesian cult yeah. and their mysterious activities when all hell breaks loose and the one guy who is I guess the occult leader is this weird looking oh, dude who's so always drinking milk yeah it's fucked up yeah man. once like it all yeah. goes down you have like you like you said there's mass suicides mm. Explosions of blood and guts. Children drinking Kool-Aid. Children dying by the bucket. Yeah, like this finale with this. Yeah. I don't want to spoil too much, but this. If you're a monster fan, <laughs> yeah. you're gonna dig I'm the like finale. A rubber suit monster. That. Yeah. Yeah. I'm usually. I'll say this one is high up on my list, uh, mm-hmm. so I'll get to it in a little bit. But I'm more. Again, I'm more of a fan of the fun kind of UC yeah. style ones. But I think that is the one. That, you, that works the best on yeah. like like just being creepy and messed yeah. up. And it is creepy and messed holy, up, right? On like whole many every different levels. Shit, every second you're like, holy shit, I can't believe this. And it kind of gets crazier and crazier. And they yeah. have this weird, uh, almost like um, a inner line story where like uh, the guy's wife slept with the other guy and he finds yeah. out. And it's like 30 seconds. You don't even need it, but it's like it just adds another yeah. layer of like, what the fuck? Well, because when something happens yeah. with that pregnancy, uh, it's, yeah. it's just messed up and right? great. And- so good. I think that's directed by the guy. Is he the guy that did like the raid films and stuff? Oh yeah, I wouldn't surprise me, man. I think it's Gareth Evans. I could be wrong, but don't quote me on that. But I think it is Uh, number sixteen for me is KKK comeuppance. Oh, that's crazy! From Tales from the Nineteen Ninety Five. That's fifteen for me. Okay, nice. Uh, This is an obnoxious and racist Southern senator, and a former member of the Ku Klux Klan is stalked by. Dolls animated by the souls of previously tortured slaves. Oh, it is so good. And it's just like, what's great about this is like, this guy's an asshole. He's like, yeah. well, why are you moving this house? Well, it's a nice house and I want to go in. Like, he's just kind of like dick swinging. Well, it's a, what's the name of the house? It's a previously, uh, almost like a, a cotton mill or something like that. Not cotton mill, um, um, plantation. Plantation, yeah. Yeah, so it's a plantation. And uh, he's like, why are you moving? He's like, well, it's the biggest house in the neighborhood. I, I like it. He's like, well, uh, there's this one old guy. You know, there's always that like, oh, you're going in there, it's doom. Yeah. There's doom. It's like, it's like, no, it's not. Before shells has come, yeah. yeah. But like, there's a scene too where uh, and he's filming with uh, his... Um, a PR guy kind of deal. Yeah, he's filming this like PR video. He was black, so I don't know if it makes any better, but they're just saying terribly, terribly racist yeah. things <laughs> and laughing about it. And you're like, you know something, they're going to get their yeah. comeuppance. 
But yeah, it, it starts out with one doll and he's trying to kill this and he thinks he has, but kids mm-hmm. don't come back and then more and more come. And I know, I think we're both suckers for killer doll yeah. movies and this is definitely one of the better ones. That's, I think that's the button on the end of this is like uh, there's yeah. a painting that has all these, this grandma and all these dolls. And he comes in the room and like yeah. all the people are removed from the painting yeah. because they're doll in doll form now. It's got some shocking humor, but again, mm-hmm. like all the Tales from the Hood stories, it's quite relevant for yeah. our times. I mean, the, the sen- times. this senator could, you know, maybe be yeah. someone else that any, has a comb over and runs the U.S. Senator. right now. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Um, the President of the United States is making some pretty crazy statements right now that I don't know how you could not say are racist, but uh, yeah. I don't want to get into too much politics, but yeah, the, the story is quite relevant oh, to what's amazing. going on now. We can only hope that maybe, you know, he'll get... <laughs> Yeah, we normally attacked by killer dolls. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? Like, it, it would like kind of mess my mind because, like, a killer dolls are real, you but could, yeah, you but, like, redeem- like two was like, uh, well, it kind of couldn't happen to a nicer person. Like, I guess at that point, <laughs> you could redo it. Yeah, Trump yeah. getting attacked by killer dolls that'd be a fun story. But, oh, um, <laughs> but that would mean like the the White House would actually be infested with killer yeah, dolls, yeah. which would be amazing, yeah. right? Um, anyways, uh, 16 for me is a Tales from the Crypt, uh, Blind Alleys. Okay, nice. So it's pretty much this um, military guy takes over this um, Institute for the Blind, and he kind of runs it like an old military. Like, you can't do this. We're old men. Like, we're not military guys. Like, we need heat and blankets. Like, well, we didn't have heat and blankets in the barracks, so uh, screw you guys. But he's eating steak. His dog's eating better. So the guy's like- he's, I think he's giving, like, steak to his dog. Yeah, yeah. The dog's eating better than these, like, blind guys. So, yeah. like, hatch this plan of, like, well, we're going to- Well, I to- think, like, when one of them actually dies off from, yeah. like, the cold and the sickness, can't. They, they have enough. They um, have this plan where, like, they- <sighs> There's a great ending where they um, make this alley that he has to slowly go through with just razors mm-hmm. without the lights on. They're like, all right, well- I can do this. I'm fine. Like, yeah, I can slowly go. And then there's a nice little punch at the end that kind of gets dog him. As well. Yeah. It's, it's great. Yeah. It's that, that's, and that, you feel for these guys. It's almost and, uh, hard to watch that one. Yeah. Like it's, it's very, another very dark. This guy one. is cruel and like vile mm-hmm. and he dies in a cruel and vile way too. So I'm okay with this. Uh, number 15 for me, you've already talked about the ledge from cat's eye. Um, he sounds so disappointed. I love this story. It's so like, just the sheer evilness and giddiness of the old man. How it opens it, up is he's betting whether or not this cat's going to get hit by a car. Like, yeah. 10 grand says this cat gets hit by a car. Like, wow, he is definitely a gambler. But yeah, it's just as he keeps yeah. on popping out, yeah. trying to get the guy to fall off. I don't know. The Cat's Eye is actually another one where I was surprised how good all of them yeah, were. Yeah, right? Because I didn't even make it, but the one with uh, Drew Barrymore yeah. and the troll that's trying to stop it's her good, from right? breathing while she's sleeping. She just gets saved by the cat. That's some cool, like, old school practical yeah. effects. But that one could be good, too. Yeah. And, like, you know, I think more, more more people prefer that one and the Smokers one. But for the ledge, for me, is my favorite. Yeah, it's just so goofy. goofy and fun. Uh, 15 was uh, K- Tales from the Hood, the KKK Compliance. Okay. Uh, number 14, you've talked about too. Oh, no. Dr. Heidegger's experiment from Twice Tell Tales, 1963. Again, it's the friendship between Price and uh, the other the other actor that is just. You tell these guys so love good. each other. Yeah, right? They yeah. actually like, there's a reverence there. But yeah, I don't think I have much else to say. It's it's like a simple story, just but yet so very yeah. effective and fun twist at the end and great sets. And I do yeah. like that little twist at the end. Uh, number 14 for me, I'm surprised this hasn't been on your list, is uh, Two Evil Eyes, The Black Cat. Okay. Yeah, Which, that one actually did not make my list. Oh, that's crazy because it's so good. This could be a movie it's in so itself. It's so dark and hard to watch, It man. is crazy. There is so much going on in this. Like Harvey Keitel is this a crime photographer who's going to all these like scenes. He's like, well, 
um, there's art and death. And he's taking photos of this, and they're like terribly horrific, like aftermath. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, people pulling up graves, like Tom Savini, like uh, pulling his wife's teeth. teeth out, and, yeah. and he's filming all this. But his wife finds his cat and kind of gets more and more into it. And the cat's kind of—he's uh, almost jealous of the cat, and the yeah. cat's driving him nuts. And, and he's like, kind of uh, slowly drinking and slowly losing his mm-hmm. mind. So he's like, "Well, fuck this!" And he kind of murders this cat. Like, well, and he has this photos. photo shoot that's terrible, and you see him like and doing the terrible things. Wife kind of figures this out and kind of. Uh, it's almost like the cat keeps coming back. Like no matter what he does, this cat mm-hmm. comes back. So like his wife kind of figures out that he murdered it because he kind of. Well, the black cat, I believe it's a Poe tale, and it's, yeah. it's been adapted several times. Yeah. I will say I do have an adaptation of the black cat, but it's not this one. Okay, but I do okay. think this one works really well too oh, because it's just so. There is it's this, hard to watch if you're an animal lover. Like forget it about is, it. <laughs> but there's this great dream sequence too, where he dreams he's at like a pagan fair, yeah, and he gets like on trial for murdering this cat and it's like this midget court jester is like isn't he like tied up and they're going to torture him they, they actually something? lynch him like yeah. he gets lynched in this dream sequence that is so good and um, there is this great twist ending well where, the ending is like it, again it's the yeah. same in pretty much all these stories yeah. we won't spoil it I guess but like it is, if you know the plot cat tale you know how this one ends but it looks I don't, yeah, I don't want to give anything but it looks so good oh, like, yeah, yeah. The, uh, some cool Tom and there is like effects. a What's that called? The Rubik's Cube again? Not Rubik's Cube. Uh, Rubik's Goldberg. Yeah. Where like this happens, so this happens, so this happens, and then kind of everything falls into place. Well, I love too how he, honestly, after he murders someone, how, what extent he does yeah. to cover it up. Like he literally He's, creates like a mannequin in his car that can yeah. wave goodbye so the neighbors It's almost that, like Ferris Bueller. Yeah. Like a, it's almost silly for how sure. dark the rest of it is. But at the same time, it's kind of this cool way yeah. of like, he he does a great job of actually covering it up, but yeah. his madness is what gets in the way of yeah. it, right? And there's such a scene at the end where, like, the uh, detective that he's friends with is at his house, like, listen, I know everything's fine, but like, it's tense because you know something's up, and it's kind of the detective's right, well, there, like, yeah, I'll, sign my book, I'll <laughs> see you later, and then like, wait, they just hear something, yeah. and they're like, nah, it's nothing. Like, all right, I'll come back. Like, yeah. I forgot my book, and like. Yeah. It just keeps, yeah, it's yeah. great, great. This could be a movie on No, itself. it is really good. Again, yeah. the only reason it didn't make my list is because I didn't want to have two versions of the same yeah, story. Yeah, fair enough. And I prefer the other version I'm going to talk about soon. Um, 13. I think it's a top oh, 10 story. Lucky me, 13. 13 for me, the facts in the case of M. Valdemar. Now, from? Again, you could have chose. From Two, two Evil Eyes? I went for the Two Evil Eyes version from oh, 1990. because, uh. I don't know if I feel like the 1965 version starring Price is better, Mm -hmm. but again, I feel like there's so much Price already in Tales of Terror that I went for this version, but you could choose either one. This one is more of the expanded version anyways, and I love me some Adrian Barbeau. Oh, she's so... So in this version, it's about a gold-digging wife and her doctor lover who plot a scheme to take the money of her old and terminal husband, Ernest Valdemar. The doctor plans... He's already hypnotized Valdemar, actually, and got him to... Pretty much say over the phone yeah, that uh, sign away all his money. Sign away all the money, um, but out of the blue, Valdemar dies while hypnotized, and now he's kind of stranded between the world of the living yeah. and the dead. Um, so the 1965 version is kind of the same, only the difference is the doctor says like he'll he'll get him out of the hypnotize if the wife will marry him. He's kind of using this to uh, get the wife's affection, but this one I kind of like as well, where it's like you know you got the whole blackmail and yeah, you know that. Uh, stealing the money. And listen, he's got to stay alive for three weeks or else uh, shit's yeah. going to go down. We're looking into you if he's a... Yeah, so they have to keep the body yeah. in the freezer so they can cover up that, make it look like he died three weeks later. Um, yeah, it's just very cool. This one's directed by Romero. 
again, Adrian Barbeau, who's usually yeah. so good and likable in the fog and whatnot. She is. She's violent, the the violin in this one. And the voice that's coming from oh, the freezer so is so, so like a synth and good. Yeah. And he's like, they see me. I can't get out. Which well, is the fact, too, you. and they're having this yeah. affair right in front of the body yeah. while he's still kind of alive, I guess. It's got uh, really cool effects by the legendary Tom Savini, where yeah. our, our bodies maybe shot a frozen body, and then the you know you get a great gag with uh, the hypnotic digital counter. That is, a I don't want to spoil, but right? you have that great gag with that. And your um, boys in this too. Oh, Tom Atkins, yeah, yeah makes an appearance as a detective. And there's even this cool moment too where you see um, all these kind of devils or spirits. Yeah. Which again, when you see how it's done, it's so simple, but it's so effective. It's good, right? And he's um, like last I'm like uh they're with you now and he kinda dies. Yeah, he's like he's uh they the see me, they're coming after you. Well yeah, this great yeah. too, and he's like he's like, No, they're pulling me in, I just yeah. want out. Like this guy just wants to die go die and go to the you know, heaven or wherever he's going, the afterlife and he's stuck in this middle area. I don't know. Yeah. I think both versions you could choose either one, but I went this one just because I kinda like the I like expansion the, they did yeah. for it. And the effects the extra are great. twists and turns and the yeah, exactly the practical effects. So yeah. Maddie, you're number thirteen, the lucky thirteen. Tales from the dark side. Lot two four nine. Oh nice. I'm glad you picked it this is one. So good. This man. one didn't make my list, but I was oh, so sad crazy. that you didn't. I love this story of like uh, this gentleman is um kind of a brainiac who's uh, obsessed with uh Egyptian culture. So he finds this almost like a mummy that he thinks is going to bring to life almost like a golem mask yeah. thing in a way. And these guys, uh, who was it? It was. Oh, um, it's uh, he's it's Stubishemi. Yeah, it's the guy that brings the money uh, back Christian to life. Slater but it's Christian the, uh, Slater brother. and Julian Moore. Yeah, and yeah, like they they're, they're kind of dicks to Steve Buscemi. And, didn't uh, they cheated on the exam and yeah. he got they blamed him for it yeah. or something? Or they cheated off of him and he get he's the one that yeah. gets kicked out though. Mm-hmm. So, so he's, he's gonna seek revenge, revenge on them yeah. using a mummy and like the atmosphere is great. The mummy is great. Great acting by Buscemi. Great acting by like Christian Slater. Yeah. It is so good. And there's a nice little cap at the end, too. Well, the cool is thing a... is, too, the mummy is killing people yeah. the way of, like, like pulling the brain out through the nose yeah. and, like, really violent ways of... Like they used to do in the old Egyptian days. Yeah. It's a lot of fun, mm-hmm. and I'm really And even, even to him, like, uncovering list. the mummy, he's, like, talking to Christian Slater, like, well, this is what the Egyptians used to do. And they kind of explain what the Egyptians used to do for yeah, the mummies. Yeah. And, and there was a great back and forth between them two during that scene. And him man. bringing the mummy back to life with yeah. the incantations and they're kind of yeah. hearing it through like his rumors right above theirs and yeah. there's some cool stuff in there. There's like a blackout and yeah. it's like you kind of see the mummy possibly walk and by but it's like, like the uh, the foot of the mummy. Yeah, kind of yeah. Moving. It's a good looking mummy too. Yeah. Man, like, Is that Tom Savini as well? I'm not too sure. I wouldn't be surprised. Okay, my number 12, a lot of people are going to be shocked that it's not higher up on the list, but that's the ventriloquist dummy from Dead of Night, 1945. Oh. A lot of people have this number one. Yeah. And I think, like, from its um, importance, yes, it is one, it, you know, this is a 1945 anthology that still works. But for me, I, it's still, I don't know, it, it's not as effective. I appreciate its impact on the anthology. Mm-hmm. But I, I could only put it at number 12 because I like the other ones better that I yeah. have above it. But this is a Ventrocus believes his dummy is looking for a new partner for his act. And he starts kind of going mad. It does a great job of like allowing you to choose. Well, is he schizophrenic or is the, the dummy, dummy really alive? alive? There's definitely times where you're like, well, if it all is all him, which you, it probably is. But then there's times, well, how did this happen? Like yeah. he wasn't in the room at the time or whatever. So I think they do a good job about that. Again, yeah, the 1945 
film, I'm surprised how well most of it holds up. Like the wraparound is cool. Even like, you know, a lot of the stories still work on some level. The golfing one, again, we've talked about, yeah. I think it's as goofy as works, but this is definitely the best one. It's actually, it's very creepy to this day. You put a ventriloquist doll in anything, yeah. it's going to be creepy, right? But, uh, and even the ending and whatnot. So yeah, it's great. I just, it's not number one for me, but I yeah. do appreciate it. And I think it is great. All right, number 12. We've already talked about this. Is uh, from Holidays, Father's Day. Okay, nice. I just love how tense the entire thing is. It kind of grips you, and it yeah. doesn't let you go, man. Like, yeah, I, I dug it. Cool, yeah. Fuck, we're getting tired here. <laughs> well, we got go like through. 11 more to go, yeah. buddy. Uh, number 11, you've talked about it, Safe Haven. Ah, sweet. Uh, I think we've said everything that needs to be said. It's just pure insanity once it gets going. It doesn't really stop. I'm curious about like your top uh, 10. How many have I actually like said already? I'm sure you spoiled few? them all, you son yeah. of a bitch. Uh, Maddie, you're number 11. Uh, Tales from the Crypt. I was going to say, spoil one more. How about one, don't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. All through the house. Okay, yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, like, anyways, this is great because uh, this woman, it starts off with such a merry jingle playing. It's like Christmas time in like a peaceful house. Then all of a sudden, wham, it hits you. Yeah, she I love that mix husband. of like yeah. that Christmas, you know, the... Serenity of Christmas time. Yeah, and then mixing it with the yeah. horrors. Because of... it starts off the first two minutes. It's like, oh, this is great. He's reading his newspaper. The girl's in bed. Like She's tucking in the daughter. Yeah, it's like, oh, this is kind of nice. And then violence and like... She, she kind of finds a well and uh well she yeah you find out that she's killing her husband because she's got something on the side yeah. as well that seems to be a lot of these yeah that's too. how it usually and it's joan collins out. again actually oh, yeah yeah good good for her man she's yeah. uh killing it anyways um yeah it goes wrong because uh from the radio you're like escape from the mental hospital uh santa is going to be uh, a gentleman dressed as santa is yeah, um, a homicidal maniac has escaped and what's what's so great about this is that she can't call the cops when she hears because... possibly the maniac outside because she has her dead husband yeah. in the middle. Like, what a great... And I think the Santa looks so is it just, just creepy. Po- just, just a position? Is that... Yeah. Yeah. Of the, yeah, the the, the holiday spirit mixed with the bloody violence mm-hmm. and murder. Yeah, and so good. So good. Fireplace and, and decoration. again, and... the end is what gets me. The yeah. end is like, oh, oh so yeah. And they actually redid this for the Tales from the Crypt 92 yeah. series with Larry Drake. I love him as I think Santa. this version works better, though, because I think his performance is kind of silly and over yeah. the top. This one just seems like a creepy, crazy it old could man. Happen, like right? I believe it when you happen. see him, I don't know. When I see him, I get yeah. the, the willies, the goosebumps, because it's like he's scary and he seems like a real homicidal yeah. maniac escaping from an asylum. So, yeah, it, it works. Uh, I'll talk about that a little bit later. Number ten for me. I have a feeling this is going to be higher up on your list. So hopefully, I'm spoiling one on your list. The Raft from Creepshow mm, 2, 1987. You son of a bitch. Uh, a group of kids go swimming at a desolate lake only to be stranded on a raft as a black, oily <laughs> creature terrorizes them below. So good. I love this because the blob is pretty much garbage bags tied. It, yeah. it looks crappy, no budget, but it works. It's so good, right? And like, what's great about it is it's the uh, all four kids interacting with each other. They're going up to mm-hmm. the lake in mid-October. They're like... Getting high in the Volkswagen bug as they're driving up. And... They're kind of fun, but then when the one guy is like very creepy, he gets a little rapey in the end yeah. and pays for it. Well, um, again, they're both like dumb jocks, yeah, right? They're like, yeah. they're even like saying, like, yeah, we're going to fucking score with these girls, right? Yeah, and they're they, just uh, there to, yeah. to get some. But there's some really great, surprisingly, even though the blob is garbage bags, there's some great practical oh, effects where effects the one guy gets great. pulled through the cracks of the raft. Oh, so good. The one girl that falls asleep and you think she's okay, but she, when she gets up, her yeah, face is like melted, melted and, and like 
you see it stretching the and all. The first girl to get it, it looks great, right? Yeah. Like, well, even like when the guy gets pulled in, like it's yeah. all very other girl that's pulled in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all that is very well done, and it's like I love these single location yeah. horror stories, and this one is like one of the best. Like it just works so low, well on every level, and it's like how are they gonna get off this raft because yeah. this they this blob know. is constantly circling them, and then even the great ending where you, the guy's all yeah. cocky and you think he made it. You know, it, it's yeah. so good. And what's great about this is that one dude who is like, uh, he's sleeping, so he's like, touch pat, petting her and like pawing at her and like, yeah, all right, like, what? Like, you, I know you want, all that's going on, and that's all that you're, th- you're all yeah. you're thinking about. Yeah. And yeah, he pays for it. Yeah, like rapey dude. Well, yeah, he's not even like trying to wake her up. He's like going to go out while she's sleeping. Yeah, yeah. Well, he definitely like. And I think wasn't that girlfriend the 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 other guy's yeah, girlfriend? That's just it. Yeah, but so yeah, wrong. it's so it is such a crazy 80s story man that's why i yeah. really dig this my number 10 we're cracking 10, ten yeah holy shit 10. uh tales from the Cli- crypt tales from the clip <laughs> yeah <laughs> i would watch the hell out of that movie oh. erection of death i mean reflection <laughs> of death <laughs> oh man do you remember this story what's this one it's the one where uh there's a gentleman in a car accident he's like oh shit something happens he's uh cheating on his wife <laughs> splashes off the road and like he wakes up and he's like oh shit Crazy. That was a crazy car accident. So it's walking down the street, and as people are looking at him, they start freaking out, like, oh shit, ugh, ugh. And they start losing their minds and running. Like, and he goes and he sees his wife with a, like another man. He's like, what's going on? She's like, oh no, get away from me. He's like, oh, so he runs to his girlfriend. So I was like, she is blinded by the act. She's like, well, you died like three years ago. And then he kind of looks in the mirror and, uh, yeah. It's a nice little yeah, snap ending. To me, that's one of the lesser stories. And I'm surprised he, you have that above as he the wakes Christmas up. One. Yeah, it's good, but yeah. I, I'm really surprised you have that above uh, yeah, all through the house. Yeah, I think so. Wow. I think that okay. worked really well. Yeah, that one did not make my list. Oh, uh, no. That, I, that one was never close to making my list. It, it's fine. Like, it's good. Yeah, And it's it works. I just, uh, I don't think there's that much to it. I don't know. Okay, number nine for me, Lover's Vow from Tales from the Dark Side, oh, the movie nice. 1990. This is uh, a remake of the story, and I, I, be, I believe it's based on, like, a Japanese tale. Um, from the Woman of the Snow, they did it in the 1995 uh, Quiden mm-hmm. or Quaden. I'm sure most people have that one above this version. Yeah, uh, it's probably the better shot at version. You know, Criterion release set on Blu-ray. Yeah, but this one is—I'm a monster guy, and this is the one for me. The monsters look great, right? But anyways, it's about an artist witnesses a gruesome murder committed by a gargoyle-like monster. The monster agrees to spare his life as long as he swears to never tell another soul mm-hmm. about the incident. Um, it stars James Remar, who you'll recognize from a bunch of stuff, and Radon Chong as his eventual wife. Because mm-hmm. um, that same night, he meets a woman, falls in love with her. Because this they monster like kids. destroys his friend. His yeah. buddy's all drunk, so he's like carrying him home, and like he actually gets mm-hmm. ripped apart. Like, yeah. And the violence is insane, right? But after that, it's kind of like he needed that jolt because yeah. he was like this kind of uh, floundering artist. Artist, and that's the you know he starts selling art. Based yeah. on the the creature, and, yeah, he does very and well. He does very well, and he's he kind of yeah, it's like this attractive lady. It's a story of redemption, yeah. you know, and love. And he, he meets a woman and falls off as kids. Two beautiful. Everything's kids. working out. The agent that was a, yeah. telling him like a dick to him at the beginning because yeah. stuff's not selling. You know, they he's have now best friends. With. Yeah, great friends, and you know, and then you have the twist. And I don't want to say, but the actress in this is so good. Well, like, that's Don Chong. Yeah, she kills From it. Commando, man. Yeah, she just destroys it. Yeah, no, she, yeah, yeah. She, she's great in it. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't want to say yeah. anything else. Yeah, uh, the, yeah, the, yeah, the that one kind of relies on the good. twist. I mean, maybe it's pretty obvious, but yeah. It, and the, yeah, I don't it's know if awesome. I mentioned, but the gargoyle looks really great. Tom yeah. Savini, I believe, effects. Yeah, that gargoyle, that monster looks. Um, yeah, it's such a cool story. Uh, but again, I'm sure most people prefer the the woman of the snow. But uh, as a monster guy, I'm going with gargoyle, the silly gargoyle yeah. version. I'm okay with that. Uh, number nine is uh, from Two Evil Eyes. The facts in the case and Valdemar, we've talked about this. Yeah. It's it's awesome, man. Yeah. Uh, number eight for me, I think the fucking the rest of my list you've spoiled. Yeah, I was trying to say. Number eight for me is the Bishop of Battle from Nightmares 1983. Nice. I enjoy this one much yeah. more than you, I guess. I just love the old arcade, the old effects. Yeah. Emilio Estevez, I love, is kind of like this almost drug addict, obsessed, breaking into an arcade in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. So, just so crazy and silly, but awesome. Yeah, I love it. It uh, works for me on every level. You give a quarter is what you're saying. Yeah, you're number eight. Uh, we just talked about this. Uh, Tales from the Dark Side, The Lover's Vow. Okay, nice. Yeah, we're, I think we might be like doing a lot of repeats yeah. right now. Well, I guess we'll get through this quickly because yeah. I'm getting tired here. Yeah. Uh, number seven, uh, we talked about Nightmare on 20,000 Feet from the Twilight Zone. Nice. Again, uh, yeah, it, it works great. Uh, a little over the top performance, but for this, I'm fine. It's so good. Right. I love the story. I mean, yes, it's possibly done better maybe in the original. Maybe when I see that yeah. one, I'm going to like that version better. But uh, Again, I like the monster in this too. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Uh, uh, you're number seven, seven. Uh, Creepshow 2 The Raft we just talked about <laughs> <laughs> okay number six we've talked about Amelia from Trilogy of Terror 1975 yeah the Zuni fetish doll is so cool yeah. so manic and when, angry when we and... were at the uh, secret stash there we actually saw like, I, yeah, I wanted yeah they it was did like 300 bucks but it was like 300 yeah, American. I like, thought about ooh. it <laughs> yeah that would have been like your complete wad for yeah, the weekend yeah right? all my spending money for your bachelor party yeah, yeah. but um, yeah the Zuni fetish doll is so cool and I, I love this story so much I guess, it, is it my favorite killer doll segment? I, I think so. Yeah, I don't think be. I have anything else higher. But um, yeah, most of them are kind of cheesy. But this creature is, uh, yeah. this doll is like very violent and scary. Yeah, it's it's Like that's not something you're actually afraid of. You can't just like, yeah. some, most of them you're like, I just I'd kicked that out of the way. But it is like fast. No, this like thing, a... yeah, it's fast and it's cutting with, yeah. the, with the knives and it's ripping through it's suitcases. Intense, it's got like and... a spear. Looks like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you're number six. <laughs> we talked about this. From Trick or Treat, it's uh, Craig the Bus Driver or uh, what was it called? Meet Sam? Meet Sam is what, yeah. yeah, yeah. The atmosphere in this is great. The, he gets chased around the house by Sam. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. Okay, number five, I don't think we have talked about. Uh, the Warlock from Black Sabbath, you, 1963. That's my number five. Okay, Nice. <laughs> Uh, Boris Karloff delivers an eerie performance as a man who returns to his family after being away for five days on the hunt of a Vardalak, which is pretty much a vampire-like creature. Yeah. And he warns them- Listen, if I'm not back by midnight, kill me. Don't let me in, yeah, because I'm not not the the man anymore that you know me as. Of course, he returns shortly after the strike of the bells with a menace about him, and things go awry from there. Mm-hmm. Boris Karloff is phenomenal in this. He is so good. Uh, he just carries a sense of dread with him. Mm-hmm. The moment he arrives back, you know something's eerie, and he's complaining about the dog barking, and you know he's got the head of the voter like he, yeah. he killed, but he says he's demand go hang this out front and such a cool iconic yeah. image of this head hanging the atmosphere is what makes this That's one though exactly you it. know the sets the gothic castles the cobwebs yeah. the lighting it's just it works on every level and it's like and surprisingly the tail is so the places good, it right? goes because like he comes and this is his family these yeah. aren't just like random Dude. people these are like the his, one guy's random dude right he's the a, one guy that shows up yeah, yeah that finds the, the dagger I guess yeah. and he f- sees that someone had killed uh, on the on the road, the, yeah, I, f- I think he finds the Vardalak with yeah. the head chopped off. But yeah, the rest of the people, these are like his kids, his, his grandchildren, grandson. 
and it where it goes, it's pretty Ooh, unsettling. You, you kill and, the one you love the most. Yeah, right? yeah, it's, it's great. It's yeah, so great. it's such a it's a slower one, but it works. Yeah, like it, if if you just enjoy, you know, I was and I just love the whole. You know, we've seen vampires a hundred times, but the Vardalak, uh, which you, is, you know, like a vampire, but like you said, goes after the yeah. one the one's close to you. And I don't know, it, it. I love it. It's so cool. It is amazing, right, uh, Maddie? Oh, that was, your that number was my number five. five. Well, that's crazy, right? Okay, my number four. So I said I had a black cat, but not that version. I went with the Tales of Terror version from nineteen sixty two. I love this one. It's high up, as you can see, number four on my list. And it's really made by the performances. We got Vincent Price as this mm-hmm. kind of snooty wine connoisseur, but it's it's this is Peter Laurie's show. Yeah, as the town drunk, you have him in like the house, and he's like pretty much abusive to his <laughs> wife, looking for every little nickel. She has to hide it around the house to make sure they have enough for like food and rent. <laughs> but he's always bugging it, and stealing it to go out drinking, and he doesn't just like go out for a beer or two. Like he gets goes out and gets hammered every night. And there's a great scene where he's like ran out. They kick him out of the bar because he has no more money. But he happens to see a wine tasting contest going on, and he's like, ah, "I can tell. I can beat anyone. I know what every wine is." And he's fucking pissed drunk. And there's a great scene where kind of Vincent Price is doing the tasting with like he's doing the you know we swig it around yeah, the mouth and you gargle it. And yeah, it. And, uh, yeah the. Yeah. And just so over the top, it's so great. And then Peter Laurie is just dying the whole glass. And he's like, ugh. But he keeps on competing with him. He does know it until he gets to the point where he passes out pissed drunk. And Vincent Price helps him get home. And when he sees there, he sees that his wife is this very attractive, kind-hearted yeah. woman. And they start having an affair that Peter, like uh, the last, we've already talked, the classic Black Cat story, you know what's going to happen where he has an affair. I think this is actually combined with the cask of Amontia. Yeah, it sounded like, doesn't it? But, um, yeah, it's just the performance of both of them, and you got Roger Corman at his prime. Yeah. Uh, Atmosphere is great. Yeah, yeah, it's just grand. this grand production that he did on these tiny budgets, but, um, and yeah, Peter Lurie, like, you despise, he's a terrible human being, and he's terrible at his wife, but, but a charming you can't, yeah, you can't help like love the comedic moments of him. Like it's just so funny. Um, I do love a lovable drunk. But yeah, great payoff, and it's it's fantastic. Uh, yeah, Price is you can do no wrong yeah. with most Price uh, anthology segments. Uh, yeah, I, I guess you can choose the, the one you chose is really good too. It's yeah. more dark and mean spirited. This is kind of the fun, goofier yeah. take on it. But uh, yeah, I loved it. Uh, Maddie, your number four. Number four from Creep Show. Something to tide you over. Nice. <laughs> it is so much fun. Uh, Leslie Nielsen. I love angry Leslie Nielsen as this guy who's like a, finds out his wife is having an affair with young Ted Danson. Yeah. So he kind of buries them uh, on a beach. One guy is uh, he's just like a despicable down. evil guy. In he this. is so good in yeah. this. And um, yeah, there was such a almost a few great twists and turns. Yeah. Like he sees his wife drowning on like a closed circuit television. Well, yeah, he, he pretty much holds him at gunpoint and yeah. says, if you want to, f- I'll let you find be with my her. wife, but you got to find her. Come with me. And yeah, he buries him up to his head in sand. And then he says, okay, I'll show you where she is and puts on a TV and yeah. you watch, you find out that he's done this already with the yeah. wife and the tide is coming in already and you see got it her. like, Slowly, her drowning. Like, what a terrible, terrible what way to terrible die! Terrible way to go, right? It's just so weird because this is yeah. Leslie Newson of like yeah. Naked Gun fame. Yeah. But I guess if you've also seen yeah, Day of the Animals, Frank Drevent from uh, if, if you see Day of the Animals, you see that you know. I guess he did that a bit. He played yeah. the kind of crazy. He can do crazy evil, very well. Yeah, very well. well he's but, a villain um, in Forbidden Planet too, wasn't he? I think so. Yeah. I'm not too sure. 
In, he's in prom night too, but yeah, oh, it, this yeah. one is so good. I love Ted Danson. Yeah, and, and you know, yeah, Advin- and the, sorry, we didn't mention, but his wife is actually a bit part. It's, it's Galen Ross from Dawn of the oh, Dead. Oh, crazy! Yeah. Uh, oh, and the, and the, the score in this is one of my so favorite good. eerie synth scores. Like and it looks amazing. Yeah. Even like uh, I don't want to give anything away, but the monsters look. Yeah, we'll say great. we'll say yeah. yeah, we'll say the. The effects. And they sound great too. We'll just say the zombies. We'll say zombies. I don't know it's going too much, but yeah, they, they look so cool, decomposed yeah. in the seaweed and everything, and the sound of like the and the the cinematography. It's yeah. very colorful, like like everything Creepshow has that easy yeah. comics comic book style, and uh, it's so good in the ending. Yeah. I'm gonna hold my breath for a long time. <laughs> like I love it, even he's till the end. Crazy. He is still being cocky yeah. and kind of arrogant. Uh, he's you know. He's not just going to no. give up without a fight. Yeah, it's good. Okay, we're breaking the top three. Oh, my God. Top three for me is a creep show segment as well. The Crate. This is uh, two professors, Fritz Weaver and Hal Holbrook, who you can't go wrong yeah, with, discover so a crate hidden under the stairs of the college marked Arctic Expedition, 1834. And uh, Holbrook sees this creature as a way to get rid of his perpetually drunk, obnoxious, yeah, she is emotionally abu- to him. abusive. Yeah, she's a bully. Terrible, terrible woman. And and then it's Adrian Barbeau yeah. playing his wife. So again, like I guess she could do like the nicest she woman and play it. the most yeah. evil, annoying person in the world. But there's a great dream sequence where he's imagining his wife getting killed <laughs> and pulling out a gun and shooting awesome. his wife in the head because she's just they're at a party and she's just so obnoxious and mean to yeah, everyone and like, like insulting him, him too. Like in really front of everyone emasculating and, him in front of everybody yeah but yeah it's so weird because like I know her as the sultry voice you right know, DJ Stevie Wayne in the yeah. fog but yeah and what makes us like a lot of some of the ones we've talked about is the earnest friendship between the two yeah. men um, the monster looks great. How great does that monster look, by the way? And I just love this idea. And this even idea. Like the eyes, too. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That really haunts you. Which is all you see at the beginning. Yeah. But just this idea of finding this monster that's been locked yeah. away in this cage for like 100 years is so cool. Um, the score, as like the other segment yeah. we just mentioned, is really good in this. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just pretty much a perfect story. Yeah, it really I, is. I have no complaints. I know some people feel it's too long. To me, like, it, oh, it's, it's not, not. Because the, you have the, the friendship, then you have the knowing Agent Barbeau, yeah. and then the creature. And the so. come up and even at yeah, the end, yeah. it looks great. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, my number three, we've talked about this already, is from Trick or Treat, The Halloween Bus Massacre. Okay, nice. It is so perfect for what it is. It's yeah, a Halloween yeah. story. They're collecting jack lanterns. They go to this like swamp of like a, a tail. Yeah, where the bus fog. fell over the edge and is That's apparently buried is like campfire so cool. story. And then, again, it's like a um, story within a story within a story. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like they tell a story of that when they're and then they're yeah. gonna prank the the savant. The, yeah, girl. it yeah, is it's, so it's, good. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, the perfect Halloween. Yeah, it really yeah. is. Uh, my number two, you just talked about something to tide you over oh nice I yeah I'm glad you had this so high because a lot of people it seems like this one never gets mentioned it seems like a lot of people like the other stories but uh, this one for me works so well just because Leslie Nielsen is just the most evil dude in that score and the look of it Mm. no it's so great the monsters okay Maddie you're number two number two again we've already talked about this one Uh, from uh, Black Sabbath or Black Sunday I forget which one Black Sabbath Uh, The Drip yeah. Okay. Nice. It, yeah, the atmosphere is oozing. It just yeah. I think most people me, have that one higher up. So for me, it was a bit lower, but yeah, I understand why people it like it. Just looks so good, and even that mask. It it, yeah. it, it stuck with me for a couple of days. Like, I'm not usually the kind haunting. of guy yeah, who haunting. gets like spooked very easily. But like mm-hmm. after I watched this, like I was like I didn't want to go like downstairs to change the laundry. <laughs> like this is kind of 
weird. Yeah. I, there's like a drip in my basement too. It's like, oh, oh nice. I don't know, man. Uh, nice. And there's a nice little button on the end of it that, like, if you're mm-hmm. not looking, you wouldn't catch. But yeah, like, there's yeah. like, yeah, yeah. This gonna, oh fuck yeah. It's gonna yeah go around the the circle yeah of life. <laughs> I'm curious what your number one is. My number one you've talked about. I'm surprised you had it so low. And all through the house from oh, Tales from nice. Crypt, 1972. I love Christmas horror, Black Christmas, one of my favorite horror movies. I love the yeah, like I said, the juxtaposition of the fireplace and the Christmas yeah. carols and the the decorations. There's something about the Christmas carols that playing in the that nice Christmas tune playing in the background as the murders happen. Right. I love the the Santa is so creepy to me. Like that to me is haunting. Yeah. Because if I think if there's anything, it's I'm not worried about monsters, but a creepy old man escaping from asylum <laughs> in a Santa suit your house, outside of a, a, a that would be that would be fucked up enough. Yeah. But the fact he's wearing a Santa suit or if he's like wearing yeah. like a clown outfit, you'd be done, right? Mm-hmm. And I love too how yeah. she has to try to cover up the murder and she like yeah. throws it down the stairs and she's cleaning up everything, but yeah. she gets the blood in the vial and then spills it on the basement. So it looks like he fell and hit his head. I love all that yeah. kind of stuff. But yeah, this it just it's so creepy to me, and like the way it ends, and man, yeah. it, it's a perfect come up and yeah, for I, me. you're right, man. But I don't know what your number one is actually. Uh, we just talked about it like a minute ago. Uh, from Creep Show, The Crate. Okay, nice, yeah. nice. So we had we both had the the, yeah. the two Creep Show segments pretty high, pretty up. pretty high up. That shows like we're '80s kids, right? Like yeah. uh, this is pretty. Well, much let's be honest. If you had to pick one yeah, anthology, movie, that Creep Show it. is probably the one. But um, yeah, whoa. do you have anything else? Well, I, I guess we um, got to go back to our wraparound. We got to finish our wraparounds. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that, and then we'll just talk about we'll wrap up this overall. Yeah, awesome. maybe. I think we got most of the honorable mentions, but there's a couple I just wanted to mention. Cool. Uh, but yeah, let's do the wraparound. So um, I guess it's your number six, right? My number, or number five. Your number five. Yeah, number five of the wraparound. Doctor Terror's House of Horror. Nice. It's all the guys sitting in the train and that one like. Oh, spooky looking dude. Who was that? It it's was Peter uh, Cushing. Peter Cushing. He has like the uh, fingernails and, and the, the black uh, gloves. And he's like, you want to read your fortune? And he's like, the one guy's trying to mock him too. He's like, do not mock me. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. Yeah, it's him pretty much. Each tarot yeah. card is their story. Yeah. But it, you may find out that he's not telling of what is coming, but what may have already came. Expired. Uh, the typical amicus. Yeah. Uh, scrap room. Uh, my number five is Tales from the Hood, Welcome to the Mortuary. Nice. Um, a trio of drug dealers arrive at Sims Funeral Home, played by Clarence Williams III. He destroys it as the yeah. uh, spooky... The shit. The shit. You guys will get plenty of the, the shit. shit. But anyways, yeah, they're, they're going there to purchase sure. drugs that he found behind his uh, an alley. Mm-hmm. He's a mortician. And anyways... They follow him to the drugs, and he atmosphere as is so good. Yeah, he's showing like a he's showing the different bodies, and, and then the stories it. that relate to how those people ended up in the caskets, mm-hmm. and then the ending's a big shocker. Um, you got a little bit of iffy CGI there, but for the most yeah. part, it's amazing. Yeah, it as you so find good. out, you know, whatever. And he it's awesome. Destroys it. In that oh, he goes scene. like really yeah. over the top and it scary is so and good. Yeah. So good, man. Uh, number four, uh, Tales from the Dark Side, as we talked about earlier. Okay, nice, yeah. The uh, witch baking a uh, shit. Yeah. yeah. The kid trying to delay his inevitable doom. Yeah. Uh, number four for me is Body Bags from 1993. Oh, nice. Is that Toby Hooper and Carpenter? No, it's John Carpenter is playing a, a coroner who has a sick sense of humor. It's yeah. pretty much, it's kind of like Tales from the Hood. They're very similar. It's weird to have them next to each other, but he's going from body to body yeah. and telling how the body ended up. He's drinking like it. formaldehyde and stuff. But he's, yeah, he kind of has like almost like raunchy sense of yeah. humor. There's like boobs in there and yeah. stuff and him joking about it. You know, the acting is a little cheesy and whatever, but it works in this because it's over the top. 
And there's a fun little cameo in there uh, from Tom Arnold and Toby Hooper as the assistants. And then you have a little ending of who Carpenter actually is, which is kind of fun. But yeah, I don't know. Surprisingly, he does nail that yeah. sense of humor. I was, you wouldn't think, but he's got it. And I wish he kind of did. I More wish this became chops, like another yeah. movie or TV show like it was supposed to, because I would have loved oh, to see him as like the Crypt Keeper hosting each uh, each time. That would be great. Um, number... Three. Three. Uh, trick or treat. Oh, nice. I don't know if this would count as a wraparound because it's so, uh, all the yeah, stories are ingrained. There's not really much of a wraparound but, other than Sam every yeah, once in a while standing there. I just there. love every- How it all connects. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. I guess that town itself is kind of part of this movie, yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, number three for me is Tales from the Crypt. Uh, five tourists get nice. lost and end up in a catacombs with a mysterious crypt keeper. He tells them horror stories of their future, only to learn that their fates may have already been decided. Uh, you you had Vault of Horror and Dr. Terrace House of yeah. Horrors. I said those could be honorable mentions because they're all kind of the yeah. same story. I just prefer that this version where they, mm-hmm. they're in like a tour of an old they kind of walk, castle or something around. and they wander off an alternate path and end up yeah. in this cave. Another crypt keeper is not the famous like, ha, 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 crypt keeper. But he's like just a- like this... He's the original creep yeah. in the comics where he's a guy in a cloak, but mm-hmm. I think he works well and he's sitting in front of literally like a big skull chair um, design thing. But uh, yeah, I, I love that whole yeah, looks where they're too. telling s- stories, but you know, it's not stories of their future. It's yeah. stories, I guess, of the past. How they got there. Uh, yeah. You're number two. Number two. Asylum. Okay, nice. How great is this where this new doctor goes in and he has to figure out, if you can figure out which one is the old doctor who lost his mind. Yeah, he's applying for a position. Yeah. If he can figure it out, he'll get the position. But And he has to interview the patients yeah. to figure out who is the doctor that's insane. And there is this, uh, I don't know if there's a story, but it involves a wraparound where the one doctor Yeah, the Mannequins is, of Horror is yeah. like a segment, but more of a wraparound yeah. than an actual so segment itself. So that's why itself. I didn't put that in there, because I could put that in yeah, here. And that yeah. story is amazing, where he transposed himself into a little figurine, yeah. like a... Well, he creates these little mannequins that like have Mm -hmm. actual human organs and stuff in them. He's created little things and they're actually like he's brought them to life. Yeah, it's so And there's a nice little twist ending on that as well. Where the guy does that evil laugh. Do you remember that evil laugh? Like it's way over the top. My number two Monsters rule. Okay. (laughs) Uh, you've already talked about it. I love everything about it. It's just so fun and goofy and yeah, it's awesome. So what uh, if like a human and a ghoul have baby? Well, I'd be a hum ghoul, you idiot. Yeah. <laughs> like that kind of shit. So charming. Uh, number one, we've already talked about this for me, Tales from the Hood. I love the three actors, like the gangsters that go and yeah. buy the drugs. I love the uh, mortuary um, assistant or the guy. I was reading too, I was wondering why he didn't show up for part two if like yeah. the guy just like, but I guess he just retired because he's so old. So what, it wasn't that like he got yeah. shafted. I think they offered him the role, but he was just too old. He so can't he do it, eh? took it, which is unfortunate. Well, it's probably for the best because Tales from Hood 2 is not very good. Yeah. Although I stand by, I really like that, uh, the Good Gullies segment. Okay. That one's close to making my list because it's just so, like you have like this arrogant white girl and her black friend yeah. and they're both arrogant of what all this this stuff would happen with slavery mm-hmm. and they go into an old black museum. I thought it was cool just seeing all that and the guy just yeah. going into the history of all this stuff that yeah, I, like I enjoyed that. see the old, uh, the puppet from uh, the KKK compliance. Yeah, yeah. Too, but even like fun. they go to sit, they're leaning on a chair and it's like yeah. that chair was made from the the wood of, of slaves the, the, uh, the lynching tree or yeah, whatever something yeah. like that but it, it's all cool and then the, yeah. you know but they she wants it because she collects the, the dolls yeah. and steals it and then they get their comeuppance and it's it's really crazy the ending is kind of stupid but mm-hmm. I did like that one but my number one you've talked about 
is Asylum. Nice. I think it's the perfect. <laughs> it really it's is. It's a perfect one it? where you got that kind of like, I always like those ones where you get to guess. Kind yeah. of like that Amicus Werewolf one where you're trying to guess who actually yeah. is a werewolf. I always like that where it kind of puts you in and you don't know until the end of who actually was the, mm-hmm. the doctor. But like you said, and then you got the mannequins segment that kind of fits in. So one thing I was wondering, we're not going to go into like our top 10 or anything, but just off the top of your head, like yeah. what anthologies as a whole do you think are like the top? Oh, just going by your list. Again, Tales from the Hood is amazing. Asylum is one of the movies I watched the first See, time. I don't, this, I don't think I, it's Asylum. I don't even know if any made my Oh, Asylum is so list. good. Like the Frozen Fear was good. Um, what else did I put on my list? Like there was a few in there that I'm like, wow, this is actually I think really Creepshow is obviously the big yeah, one for both Creep of us. Uh, Black there. Sabbath is a big one. Yeah. Trick or Treat, I'd say those are top tier anthologies. For me, all like, yeah, mostly the Amicus, the From Beyond yeah. the Grave, Tales in the Crypt is good. All those are like ones where all the stories are pretty much good. Um, I just wanted to, I'm not going to run through all the animal mentions. We covered most of them, and most of them, like, again, I think we know. I just want to mention maybe the ones that, like, we didn't even mit- talk about anything from those stories. So maybe this will be, uh, like, I'm not going to talk about they're creeping up and you as awesome didn't make my story. Yeah. But we know Creep Show is great. So yeah. people are going to watch that one. But just a couple. Um, uh, yeah, I'm going to ignore the ones from the, the stories that we talked about, but none of us mentioned Theater Bazaar, and that has a cool rapper in it. Yeah, and it has that is cool amazing. But there's a really good one. So uh, Udo Kier plays like this, like uh, almost like animatronic doll. Yeah, yeah. But The Mother of Toads is a great story from that one. Uh, it's directed by um, Richard Stanley, who was the guy that was supposed to do the Dr. Moreau movie and has oh, a nice. crazy documentary about him. But yeah, it's a really cool kind of Lovecraftian tale, mm-hmm. and there's like a witch in there and creatures and stuff. It was close to making my list, but I think that's an okay anthology. Yeah, uh, Nightmare Cinema is one that just came out this year. May possibly make yeah. my overall best of the year list, maybe not, but the best story was The Thing in the Woods, which does this kind of reverse on the slasher. You think okay. that this guy's killing these people off and they're trying to escape, but then you find out why he's doing it. Maybe he's not what he is, and it ends up, you know, becoming like all this completely something different. There's like slugs and all this shit into awesome. it. Awesome. Um, very cool. Uh, Volumes of Blood. Um, again, an indie one that uh, it's okay. It's not great. Most yeah. of them like it's a bad acting that really hurts it. Yeah. But there's a cool one called A Little Pick Me Up where this girl's doing her homework all night and she's tired, and this guy comes and says like, sells her on this energy drink and. You know, it's one of those ones that's yeah. those gooey effects. Yeah, uh, you know, that's the, the one. The always uh, like it all takes place in a library. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, House of the Dead, aka Alien Zone, from 1978, uh, Vinegar Syndrome, put on Blu-ray. There's a couple that could have made my uh, list there. Uh, there's one uh, about a teacher that gets stuck. She hates kids, even though she's a teacher, but oh, she gets stuck yeah, by yeah, these yeah. kids in Halloween yeah. costumes. Kind and they of fun, look like creepy kids too, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, there's one that was kind of like a take on Saw, but yeah. but my favorite, which most people hate because it goes on way too long, is one called The Investigator and the Detective, and it's pretty much these competitive detectives. And he says, like, how about this? Uh, whoever can solve this case this case is the real detective but you find there's more there's all backstabbing there's mm-hmm. more going on i don't know just the way those two played off each other i thought was fun yeah but i know a lot of people felt it went on too long uh over toke is one campfire tales 1991 is this really low budget crappy anthology i hate it when i first saw it it was a struggle get to get through but now i've really grown to appreciate it it has like this cool finale that again most people feel is too long where this guy he's a pirate and he gets deserted on an island that happens to be like with zombies and treasure and all this. But huh. the, my favorite one is called Overtoke, where it's just a simple story of these guys go to buy weed. And I think that they're like, oh, what can we do that's illegal? Because now that this is legal, it's stupid. Let's go smoke some weed. But this, as they smoke the weed, it gets worse and worse. And like it gets to the point at the end where they're like, they're 
face is melting. Like the, the <laughs> weed has something in it that like, it's almost like uh, the, not the stuff, but uh, street trash or something uh. like that. But it's, it's kind of fun if you enjoy gooey effects. Uh, Hood of Horror, not really a great, that yeah, was, uh, that was Snoop Dogg trying to do his Tales from the Hood. But I do like the Scum Lord that had, um, what's that? Harry Spears? Who's from Winston from uh, Ghostbusters? Oh, Ernie what's his Hudson. Name? Ernie Hudson. It's like him and a bunch of guys. They're uh, oh yeah, the military guys. Yeah, this, they're all uh, retired yeah. and they were living in this home. Hmm. But the guy that was helping, that was running the home, died, and his scummy son, son and and his, his girlfriend inherited. Yeah. And he's like, it's kind of like that one you're talking about where the yeah, blind guy. Yeah, it's kind of like a remake alley. of that where this guy, he's terrible to them. He's taking yeah. away all their money and making them pay, and they got to use all their checks to him. And then they get sick of it. And same thing, I think they have an animal too, don't they? Yeah. But, uh, it doesn't go feeling, well. Yeah, anyways, it it's just, it, the guy in it is so racist, yeah. you just want to see him get his comeuppance that it worked for me. Uh, Sweets is another one from uh, Theater Bazaar that worked. Yes. That is like, if you have a food fetish, it goes like over, over the, the top. top. But it's kind of gross and like, I don't know, it's fun to watch. Magical Coin, Bloodbath from 1976, terrible anthology, but it's a fun story just because it's so stupid. He gets this coin... He can do anything with it, and he wants to get away from his nagging wife. So he says, "Let's go back in time." And of all times, he decides to go back during like the Revolutionary War, <laughs> oh, no. which obviously you can guess is not a good idea. Mm-hmm. But it's just such a stupid one. Oh, one that was this was the one that was like literally number fifty on my list. At the last second, I went with the other one, but it's from a I believe it's a is it Japanese or Korean uh, anthology called Phobia, and then there's a sequel, okay. Phobia Two. But it's not eight bia. Most of the stories are, most of the stories are actually good in this. And there's one called the Man in the Middle that I really liked. And it's this group of friends that go camping, and they're joking around. I love how they're doing all these movie references, and they're spoiling movies, which kind of sucks. <laughs> but they're joking. Uh, you know, if I ever died, you know, they're trying to like, I want to be in the middle because a ghost would come grab you from the sides. And they're like, well, if I come back as a ghost, I'm going to haunt the guy in the middle then. <laughs> And then, so they get in this accident and someone does die and then that ghost comes back and it's just, the characters make it and they actually, these same actors play different characters in the sequel that is also fun where again, someone dies on the set of a making of a horror film and the ghost is haunting them. But just the interplay between these guys is so good. They got like good chemistry. Yeah, you just don't normally see that because kind of, I find Japanese anthologies and stuff, um, it's always kind of more serious. Yeah. And so just to have guys doing references to like American films, like they're talking about Sixth Sense and all that kind of stuff, it it was really fun. Um, So I really enjoyed that one. Uh, We're almost at the end here. Uh, Campfire Tales from 1997, that's kind of like all urban legends. Yeah. But there's a really fun one starring, what's the guy's name from Office Space and Swingers? Uh, Ron Livingston? Yeah, he's in this and it's him and his wife going on um, their honeymoon and he wants to go to this spot, this historical spot in the middle of the night because they don't want to lose time and they're in a camper Mm -hmm. and he's singing like this old 50s tune, which is great and then they're making love. But there's creatures outside these cannibals oh, that they get shit. warned about and uh yeah it's a take on that story where you know the husband leaves and oh, she hears hook, a scratching yeah. on the top of the roof it's the same nice. um there's one called the uncanny from 1977 that is all just cat tales oh, yeah. which it doesn't really work in my opinion because like you know one cat tail is enough yeah. but you want four but this one was kind of fun where pretty much a nephew uh with the help of his grandmother's maid i guess she changes her will and he's no longer going to inherit it so he murders her and then tries to change the will and then the cat gets the revenge her cra- she's Sweet. a crazy cat lady um oh uh, none of us had uh, anything from amusement 
which I think kind of works because they all connect. But mm-hmm. that is a really cool one called Tabitha, where a woman comes to uh, babysit a child, and they they collect all these dolls and clown stuff. And she's like, she's on the phone, like, yeah, there's. Oh, like the, you have a really, clown. what's with yeah. the really, the like, the life-size one? That yeah. one is really creepy. And no, we don't have guess, one of them. <laughs> you can kind of guess what's going to happen. Yeah. But um, Future Shock from 1994, again, like this really, not really a great anthology, but there's a really good one that was close to make my list called The Roommate that stars um, Bill Pack. Bill oh, yeah, you were saying this. stars Bill Paxton, and he is so fucking good in it. It's kind of like What About Bob? Mm-hmm. If, he was, <laughs> if it went really too far, because he comes in and he's like, you know, the guy has a room for rent, and he comes in. Oh, no, the room says it's only this much. Oh, well, it looks like someone changed it. Well, that's not my fault. Oh, and it says here that uh, it, the room is fully loaded. Where's all the furniture? Well, I guess you can lend mine. Next thing you know, he's got his TV, all his furniture. The guy's sleeping on the floor. He has no alarm clock, so he's late for work. It just goes worse and worse. Yeah. Oh, let me, can I borrow your car? A good roommate would borrow the car. He's just the worst roommate, and it gets worse and worse. It was really great. If you enjoy like 80s Bill Paxton, you will totally get a kick out of this. I do love the 80s Bill Paxton. Uh, none of us had anything from Chillerama. Yeah, you were saying that. Like, what, uh, what would a you bunch put in? Of, like, Godzilla uh, I enjoy, which is pretty much a Godzilla yeah. sperm. Diary of Anne Frankenstein. Diary of Anne Frankenstein is a lot of fun, where mm. it's like a, a Jewish Frankenstein yeah. who gets revenge on Nazis. And uh, I was a teenage werebear. Bear. Is even I, I I didn't like it at first, but it's kind of grown on me where it's mm-hmm. like a musical, but it's so silly about yeah, like gay werebears. Any one of those could have made my thing. They're they're really like goofy, almost parody, yeah. but they're fun. Uh, the girl with the golden breast from Trapped Ashes, I thought was kind of oh, fun. Yeah. That was she the gets, one that she got the alien implants. Yeah, she gets yeah. breast implants so that they had like eat. Yeah, <laughs> which is just so silly. Yeah, because the guy's like like sucking her nips and like he gets like yeah. bitten. And I just love yeah. silly ones like that. Yeah. Uh, Smell from Chilling Visions, Five Cents of Fear. That's actually a decent anthology. Each yeah. each anthology relating to um, sense. Yeah, and that was when he gets this clone and it makes him more confident. All of a sudden, like all the women love him. He's getting promotions, but it starts again. I always enjoy these gooey effects yeah. where it's starting to like melt his skin, and by the end, it's pretty gross. Uh, the Box from XX, that's the uh, all-female anthology. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Most yes, of the yes, stories yes. in that aren't very good, but that one yeah. was kind of interesting where like the kid sees... A man on the subway? Yeah, and he opens up like, oh, can I see what's in your box? Yeah. It's a gift. And whatever he saw, you never know, but yeah. he can't eat and to the point where he gets Things sick. Get crazy. And then he tells people the other people yeah. in his family and they can't eat until they are all sick and dying. Extraordinary Tales, any of them could have made it. That's like a CGI yeah. reenactment of all the classic Poe tales. Uh, Tales of Halloween, you mentioned um, The Night Billy Raised Hell, but I'm surprised you didn't have uh, This Means War. Yeah, that was really where good. Where the two too. are competing over the... Uh, the one guy is kind of the Halloween display of all the classic, and mm-hmm. then the other guy is the New Age and the gore and the yeah. violence. And they're competing to the point where they're actually fighting and killing, killing <laughs> each other over the displays. Um, VHS Viro... Uh. I know you hate that. A lot of people consider that the weakest of the three. I actually enjoy most of the stories, but one that's really cool is Parallel Monsters, where the guy creates uh, entry to another universe and meets himself. Yeah. And then they're like, well, how about we switch universes to see if anyone will notice? Yeah. And it, it all seems like it's the same universe until you see like people have melts for stomachs and it's like all this crazy it's stuff goes up. on. I thought it was kind of fun. Uh, Spirits of the Dead had some good stuff, but I'm not going to go through it. Uh, Terror Tract is one where John Ritter plays is does a rapper and he's trying to sell this house. He has to sell this house by the end of the day, but he's too honest. And every time he goes in the house, he tells all the terrible things that happen. One of them's like a killer monkey starring uh, the dude from Breaking Bad oh, in that's the amazing. middle. But the one I liked is I uh, called Come to Granny, and it's this guy in a psychiatrist's office telling this story of how he keeps on getting these flashes of murder, kind of like the eye. Yeah. About this 
person going around in a granny mask killing people. <laughs> and then there's a little twist in there. It was fun. Uh, Chillers was really cheesy, but it had some fun ones with, uh, but I don't feel like going through them. Creep Tales. Uh, one I did want to mention is called this this Canadian anthology called Mania from 1986. And all the tales were quite good, but they're kind of more like Hitchcock Presents kind of thriller tales. Okay. So they didn't make it. Yeah. I highly recommend everyone search that one out. Uh, yeah, I, there's too many to go through, so I'm going to end here, I think. Yeah. Oh, uh, All Hallows Eve, if you want to see the first appearance of Terrifier. Oh, that's right. That was a good one. That's Art the Clown or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's more to talk about, but uh, yeah, I think we we covered enough here. <laughs> yeah, I think we did. I could uh, go on and on. We could have did another 50, yeah. but uh, I think that pretty much is it. Uh, this is our big 50th. Yeah, happy 50th, buddy. Thanks for sticking with us for 50. Uh, hopefully from now on, we'll be back on track for at least for a bit. Yeah. Again, we have eight episodes we've already recorded that we're going to get out, hopefully in more of a timely manner every week or so. And then we'll, uh, yeah, who knows? We got Shocktober. We'll be coming oh, up in yeah. no time. Uh, hopefully we can fit in maybe another series somewhere in yeah, that time. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. But uh, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed this. If you want to share your thoughts on any segments that we missed, any anthologies we missed, although I think we covered yeah, everything. I'm losing much. a voice, yeah. my voice here. Maddie, you have anything else to add? Uh, no, uh, you can check us out on um, uh, Facebook, just the uh, Movie City Maniacs, or uh, we're on Twitter at uh, Movie City, just search Movie City Maniac, no plural. Yeah, and uh, our uh, guest on Gmail at uh, Movie City Maniacs at gmail.com. Yeah. Or is it and, uh, Movie City Maniacs? Yeah, or? I just, just started an Instagram, just started getting going, so maybe by the time you guys listen, we'll have this I'm running. But, uh, I'm trying to figure that out. It's like Twitter to me, it makes no sense. I don't right? know why people like that over Facebook, Honestly. but. Uh, I guess that's a cool hip thing, so I'm going to try to guess on there. But thanks for listening, guys. Yeah. It's been 50 long episodes. Holy moly. Hopefully another 50 or 100 or 500 more. We'll see how long this goes to. Yeah. Stay scared. Take care, guys. How many letters are in the alphabet? 27, 26? Are we dumb? Yeah. Hold on. I thought, do you know what number I do know, Kyle? 50, (laughs) right? Well, here, I'm just going to cut all that shit. I don't want 10 minutes of us wondering. (laughs) uh, How many of you?